Right, let's start going. I'll start, All right. I'll start the theme tune. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. So I had this audio on. <laughs> oh, you got? <laughs> are you are you with us now? Are we are we here? Yeah, we're here. Is, 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 yeah. Right. Okay. We're on. We're going. <laughs> right. See, I don't know until someone says something. Right. I said at the start of the part one of the political sorcery show that you won't hear this stuff on the BBC but actually you may have heard or you may have heard or would have heard some of it because we didn't get to the material I was referring to but don't fear because we're here now and so you won't hear this stuff we're going to talk about on the BBC because although it's not um we're not revealing any sort of secrets of any secret cults here but the stuff we're going to talk about is not very well known so what what we um have to get in what well, what we have to think about is power, pay, people in power groups of power they want the edge don't they they want the edge and they'll do anything to get it and i think this edge has been gained in the past in a political context a political power context from uh, an the ancient people sacrificing children to strange gods, as, as is mentioned in the Bible, all the way up to modern-day New Age and Wiccan festivals run by MI5 to, to divert people who are sincerely interested in the occult away from the effective magical systems such as Enochian and the Goetia. Because there's a lot of people who are earnestly interested in the occult, and I think... The powers that be don't want people doing that. They want people diverted into these easy sort of like, I'm not knocking Wiccans. I'm sure it's quite a powerful thing if you're that way inclined. But there's more to it. Like everything in this world, there's more to it than uh, the surface stuff. Well, it's, it's kind of like homeopathy, isn't it? They, they want to they, they steer towards the, towards the ineffective stuff, don't they? Yeah. They don't want it, do they? Yeah. And um, so I think from, uh, oh, it seems to me like the more I look at this stuff, almost everything has this sort of occult tinge to it or this occult, we get 
we get the surface stuff, don't we? But there always seems to be someone else go, going on, bubbling on behind the scenes. Like, I think with the British royalty, like the formal, the changing of the guard and the oh, ceremony just, of the um, keys. Can you just elaborate on My, what was it? The the Enochian and the, the two top. What are the two types? They're they're they're, they're the two main effective magical systems. So what's, uh, so what's, no, the, what's the difference between the two? Because I don't know the difference. So. All right. Just well, get, know, you, uh, you got like a like a TLDR on both of them. Yeah. An Enochian was discovered by Dr. John Dee and Edward Kelly in the late 1500s. And uh, it's supposedly like angelic communications that they got through various scrying methods. And it's all very elaborate and strange. But I personally don't think it um, came from angels. I think it came from some kind of not evil spirit, but some sort of intermediate type spirits, because one of the entities they contacted or, or ordered them or rec strongly recommended that they should swap wives, like Do Dr. John Dean Edward Kelly, which was a big no-no back in those days, because it broke, it broke at least one of the Ten Commandments. So I don't think an angel of God would would have um, advised them to do that, and so that's got a sort of dark tinge to it. And and the Goetia or the Goetia seems to have emerged in a series of grimoires called the Legget I can never say it right. The Le the Le I'm not going to say it, the Le the Legevterman or something, but uh, or the Greater and Lesser Key of Solomon which are sort of a, a series of, I think it's five grimoires that emerged, again, seemingly in the 16th century, which it concerns more darker magic, like the sort of the, the 72 demons involved in the in the system. And they're supposed to be the sort of inverse or the reverse of the 72 names of God. And that neither, I wouldn't recommend anyone dabbling in, in either systems because you do tend to get some quite startling results. So if you're not prepared for it, don't uh, don't dabble in that kind of thing. Especially with the Goetia, because even looking at the Goetia, the sigils of the demons, like when someone looks at them, the demon also knows that they're looking at them sort of thing. So even just like idly looking at the sigils can can cause a manifestation so unless you're like really clued in to leave it alone but. just put that anywhere <laughs> yeah but like i was saying i mean the british royalty are well into it aren't they i mean you know on the weird family stakes they're quite they're quite high up there aren't they but because it seems to me, oh, I've just got a notice coming up saying my microphone's being shared. Is that? Am I still coming out? Yeah, yeah, you're still coming out fine. All right, yeah. You might still it's be. The, you know, might still be in Jitsi that we were playing with. Her. Oh, we're still in Jitsi, aren't we? Oh I yeah, think, I think that's all right. Yeah, because I think um, the British royal family or the one we've got now, they're, they're sort of. They're Nazis, aren't they? But they also think they're Jews, like descended from King David, which is very, very kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, they're always Sikh Highland, aren't they? Or sort of dressing up as Nazis. But they also seem to think that they're part of the sort of ancient holy bloodline dating back to King David. So I think they're into all this stuff anyway. I think um, the changing of the guard and the ceremony of the keys which they do in public, I think are magical operations. Like 
they're performed to demonstrate the monarch's power over it over his or her subjects like many who would willingly go to war and die for them which is quite a large amount of power to hold over someone but i think they also do these ceremonies in public to to sort of as a display of power for the demons like when they try to pack make packs with them it's a demonstration of their power and uh I think that sort of thing is going on because because well, Freemason... it. it's it's all it's all done very magically, isn't it? Like the opening yeah. of Parliament with Black Rod and the way he does things and things mm. like that. I mean, they look like rituals to me, magical mm. rituals, which which I think they are. Public, you know, public as well. It's got to be public, hasn't it? Which is interesting because these things are normally done in secret, but this is all being done in public. Because the Freemasons, um, before World War Two, they used to do ceremonies in public, and but uh, when the war, Second World War started, they they stopped it. Oh, just God's own in the chat says, do we think Megan does voodoo? I think she's a Kabbalah girl, isn't she? God, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't like to say, but they're all at it. I think you know why. Why was why was there that weird photo of the Queen dressed in sort of a purple cloak? Riding her horse just hours after that that girl was found dead on on her Sandringham estate, very odd. As they say, they send is that that phrase, and it? it sends a message, and they're sending messages. Well, there was definitely a message sent. You seen that picture of um, Charles being poked by by Roth, by one of the Rothschilds? You ever seen? That <laughs> I think I vaguely remember banging that. Yeah. Him right, banging him right yeah. in the chest. He is. Well, as I say, he's one of them, I think, or, or they want to be, I think. I, I, I think, he, I think he's on. quite low down in the pecking order. I heard he was promised Israel, Prince Charles, that the, 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 the Masonic parallel uh, promised him Israel. Not Israel, you know, that dome on the rock temple, but... Because he was going to be he's quite, he's quite into his weird stuff, isn't he? Uh, yeah. He's... He, they let it known that he's into like the surface new age stuff, don't they? But I think uh, I think he's into more than that, because there was rumours he was going to be sacrificed at the Millennium at the Canary Wharf building. But you know, because they were going to sacrifice him so that the occult Sun King Prince William could come in and and seize the throne. But but we'll have to do a show on all that because that's all strange, you know. Because Prince William's birth was induced, so he would be born on the summer solstice, and he's blonde-haired and blue-eyed, and uh, yeah. So, you, so you're saying he's going the same way as Edward Woodward in The Wicker Man, then? Eh? Is, that what he's, is that what he's saying? I think there's something like that going on. I don't know. Well, he's, uh, old... his future generations have certainly been uh, been sacrificed, haven't they? <laughs> well, his mum his certainly was, weren't she? Yeah. I just found that photo of uh, Princess Diana with the 13 pentagrams on her black and silver sparkly dress. And, uh, you know, she hit the 13th pillar. And mm. But sort of conversely to all this, like, what could be called the occult establishment, there's also... There's also a, 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 an opposition to it, like flag burning. Like surely, flag burning is a curse against a whole country. You know, they're always burning flags, aren't they? It's quite a, it's quite a nasty thing to do, really. You know, it's not a nice. And thing where do they do. get all these? Where do they get all these flags from? As someone once said, you know, all these third world countries—they're all burning flags. Well, where do they get the flags from? You know, do they, do they sell them? I don't know. 
<laughs> the effigies. They can soon, oh. soon knock up an effigy, can't they? The old effigies, yeah. They like banging up an effigy, don't they? The uh, the old uh, the old Arabs, don't they? Throwing shoes at it and that, yeah. <laughs> but often, often this op- the opposition to the occult establishment is it's laughably disorganised and in- ineffectual, ineffectual. Like they march up and down the street, sort of screeching like simple childish slogans, like like retards, really, and sort of always going on about petitions like oh, we've got to do a petition but it's just it's just smoke and mirrors divert diverting the discourse diverting the discourse because in legal terms a petition's got no more power than a than a letter from someone so i don't know why this stuff about petitions goes on and i think it's interesting all this groiper stuff that's going on at the moment because i i see that as a direct direct lineage back to the to the druidic bards who were, were known for writing curse poems they could the power of the bard could like big someone up or sort of take someone down which is sort of interesting well, it's like, um, sort of resurging do you, do you think um do you think uh trump kind of pus bars uh like makes a spell on people with his you know like um Little Marco Rubio and mm. uh, and low energy Jeb Bush or something. Do you think it's like it's? Do you think that's like a magical thing? It's like he's cast little... a hex on them, isn't it? They're very thought out, I think, aren't they? They're very concentrated news news friendly segments of word, aren't they? Word yeah. and phrase. Like, he knows that's going to be like retweeted <laughs> and talked about. I think the key to this sort of druidic power stuff is that. Like most artists are very selfish, aren't they? They just create for themselves. But I think the bard creates for the whole, the whole country or the people of the whole village or district or, or country, where like he he speaks it, but everyone else is thinking it, sort of thing. That's sort, sort of he catches some from what's in the air, and uh, that's how I think that works. But well, it kind it kind of happens with our folk heroes as well, doesn't it? Because. Um... Because William Wallace was little more than a cattle rustler, wasn't he? But that that book was um, that book was written about him, wasn't it? Like two hundred years later, and then he became like a Robin Hood type figure, didn't he? It catches on. I hate to say it, but that that I hate that word viral. But you know, it, it, these things do go viral, don't they? And that's 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 bardic magic, I think. Because I think political sorcery it's the elephant in the room, but like so few people seem to want to talk about it or, or even acknowledge the possibility that that it goes on but if you look at the if you look at the history books i mean it's always gone on i mean king james he was terrified of witches wasn't he so he he brought out the witchcraft act in 1563 that that made witchcraft illegal and people don't do that unless they're seriously into it i don't think he did it because he had some sort of surface normal political motive i think he was genuinely scared of of witches witches doing him in i think although even after that was done i think there was a conspiracy to kill him and his wife Anne when they were on their north sea voyage so that didn't seem to didn't seem to help well um what's his name uh, uh was it charlie's uncle what's his name uh mount batten he oh, was mount uh, batten yeah yeah he died didn't he at the end of the uh IRA, weren't it? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, who knows what causes these things. But... And you had Madame de, Mont's, de Montspan in the in the in the 1660s they were doing all black magic and stuff to gain to gain the favor of the french king louis the 14th i mean that's all sort of quite well known it just seems seems obvious that but you, if you uh, looked in, if you looked into much of the pepe stuff do you do you buy the um the pepe as um as egyptian because he's supposed to... Is it Kepi, oh, yeah, the Egyptian right, yeah. frog god or something, isn't it? I don't know whether the person who thought it up wasn't thinking about that when he thought it up. He just found it out later, which might be interesting. But personally, I can't stand that fucking Pepe. I find it really annoying. Oh, you're going to upset You're going to upset the chat. You're going to lose the chat. Zero. Well, it's like each to his own, but oh, I don't know. It's a bit... I can see how annoying it is, and that's part of its power. I mean, well, it's uh, energy; yeah. it's creating energy, isn't it? Well, it's just it just winds people up, doesn't it? If, if yeah. they're being attacked, t- attack, or their reputations being attacked by a cartoon frog, yeah, it's just <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it? uh, uh, Hillary lost their shit over a cartoon frog, didn't that's they? That's right. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it because? Uh, is, do you think it's because she? She realises the power of it because I mean, if anybody's doing some heavy duty witchcraft, it's her, and it looks like she's paying the yeah. toll, doesn't it? I think they do. Yeah, they all know about it. Yeah, I'm sure Trump's got magical protection around him. Yeah. Well, there was People those um, those those witches recently, weren't they? That that uh, attempted to hex him, didn't they? Yeah, they all watch what they're doing though, because someone that high up is going to have magical protection, so that could rebound on them. Like, But uh, I like the NPCs better than uh, Pepe. I thought. I thought. I think that's a very telling. Is it NPCs? Those non-player. Characters? Yeah, the grey ones. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what an NPC is, don't you? You've, yeah. You've been much of a gamer. I, I, I'm not, but I know. I know what it. I know yeah. What so, so an, so an NPC is basically, um, you know, the characters you come across in computer games that uh, that yeah. spit out certain dialogues, which is kind of, which is kind of right when you encounter some of them on Twitter, isn't it? It's very telling, though, those memes with the NPCs, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine an actual sort of human NPC reading that and thinking, oh, my God, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Deny hard. So shall we get on to the British Occult Bureau? Right. Go on, then. Let's hear hear about it. The the British Occult Bureau, a.k.a. Bob. Oh, hold on a sec. Just before you do, what's hexing has a threefold rule? What does that mean? Um, I think that's. Um, I know what it is, but I can't quite place can't it. It's something words. about <laughs> something about if you if you hex someone, you get it back three times. Right. If you, okay. if you shouldn't do it, but but if someone deserves to be hexed, you don't get any comeback. So it just depends. Sort of. I think it's just to stop people going crazy with it because you do tend to get ricochets or comebacks if you're cursing everyone left and centre. But someone who really deserves it who um sort of deserves to be beaten up no i i've got no problem with that you know i mean uh, well according to my research the british occult bureau aka bob was established in the late 16th century that's funny bob but that's what it means but and that goes into twin peaks i suppose a twin peaks reference but well uh, well uh, when i was when i was at school the bob was a bloke or bird when you couldn't tell whether it was male or female oh really that's a good <laughs> yeah. one yeah 
Well, that possibly might have some relation to this. I don't know. There's, there's all the... There's that African tribe that dresses up as women, in it, and jump jump up and down a lot. <laughs> They're supposed to be shamans, aren't they? <laughs> the penis, the penis. Well, think... They steal penises as well, do they? <laughs> right, yeah. They're, they're quite funny. The old penis stealing panics in Africa. Yeah. Oh. But this British lot, the British occult beer, I'm pretty sure that they were invented in invented they created themselves in the late 16th century with uh, the, the aforementioned John D and later on Alistair Crowley and Dennis Dennis Wheatley the the devil rides out bloke and I mean I've read enough to see that there was pretty obviously some sort of occult type occult but also um, psychological warfare a kind of strange mixture of the two because I think they sort of go together and they also go together with show business, I think, or performance art, this sort of thing. It's all part of the same they all share the same kind of the same kind of interests and the same kind of processes, I think. Because now that's another thing I can't remember. There's an interesting sort of part of like stage magic, you know, all that stage magic stuff. It's it's called actually something by them and it's a group of people who are stage musicians, but they're interested in, in the point where like stage magic becomes proper occult magic. Proper occult magic. <laughs> Sounds like some occult magic going on. Here. <laughs> that wasn't me. I wasn't. It? I didn't do any. No. It wasn't sorry, me. sorry, that no, was me. Was oh, it's Hobbit. <laughs> we have a we have a wild Hobbit in the chat. A real let Hobbit. Me, let me put my headphones on, and then I can be uh, courteous. Ah, uh, so yeah. Got to freak me out a bit then. Yeah, we haven't seen you, Ho- haven't seen Hobbit on fourteen words for a while. It's his come. It's his comeback show. Carry oh, on, welcome Tira. back. Carry Hobbit. on, Tiro. It'll just slide into the chat. Welcome back, Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. Because John D actually did invent the term the British Empire in his general and rare memorials pertaining to the perfect art of navigation, fifteen seventy seven. So, I mean, this this guy was certainly into it, and he had the backing of Queen Elizabeth I, a.k.a. the Fairy Queen. So, you know... So, so, so you're saying... Sayer. So what are you saying, then, that the, the British Empire was like they, they faked it till they made it? Is that what you're saying about the British Empire? Is that what you're saying? No, I, I think they created it by magic, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean... I mean, oh. like, they created the term the British Empire and then kind of made it happen like... Oh, um, right. You know, yeah, that, well, I that, think uh, what kind of magic, power, the, like the magic of intention, isn't it? Yeah, like a power word to sort of encapsulate the intent of what they were doing. Yeah, they needed yeah. a, they needed a name, didn't they? Yeah, I'll, I'll say so fake, I'll say fake it till you make it, but it's kind of like you know, you create the intention and then, then yeah. you get what you want. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's just that's got a bit of a negative connotation. Yeah, musicians are sort of like, oh, you're faking it till you make it. But that is true. I mean, we are faking it. We're faking everything till we make it, really, aren't we? When it comes to our crazy brains. That, well, all that of these, win. um, all all of these like reality stars and people like that—they're just purely faking it till they make it, aren't they? Yeah, they're just famous because they're famous, aren't they? They didn't do anything particularly amazing. Anyhow, I think the British Empire was created by by occultists, perhaps with the help of these Enochian angels, because
you can imagine having angels on your side that's going to give you a very good edge isn't it because it's going to tell you when to sail where where the storms are where to avoid and uh, where to attack and so these so these angels then do you believe they're like the christian angels or, do, or are they some sort of, some other sort of entity or what what what's your theory on the angels? i wouldn't say I wouldn't say they were strictly sort of judo Christian angels. They seem to have a darker tinge to them. Yeah, I've known I've known people who've worked the system, and it, it sort of goes fine. And then there's a sort of a, quite a dark thing. Like there's a sort of they come to a door with like a real loud growl behind it and stuff like that. And oh, speaking of growls, there's a growling dog there. But you know, oh, yeah, there's a sort of dark spare. I think it's the. It's the fireworks. <laughs> All right, yeah. Because these spooks, like, I was, if you if you got these angels on your side when when they're creating the, uh, that sounds crazy to say this. Like, yeah, the the British Empire was invented by angelic forces and <laughs> occultists, but I think it's certainly possible. But that's when you think of the term spooks. So, so like in your spooks. so your in your mind, these angels do do they have a relation to demons? Are they like? In that, in that sense, they're the opposite of demons, or are they just kind of the same force but slightly different? I'm loath to sort of categorise these entities because they seem to partake of both sides depending on, A, how they feel, and B, the state of mind of the person who's contacting them. Because uh, there's a theory that a lot of these beings aren't particularly supernatural, but they're actually sort of ancient our ancient ancestors they're actually human spirits which which is an interesting theory in that there may be sort of like tribal chieftains who were worshipped in the past and after they died they were worshipped so they gained power through that oh, so something like put- um so something like um oh what's his name uh, king arthur you know where they say exactly. he'll, always, he'll, he'll always come back when the country's in danger you mean that kind of thing i think it's certainly possible yeah he, he's oh, real Hi guys, I'm there back are. finally. <laughs> uh, technical issues, I, I could even get into it. No, I need a quarter inch uh, headphone jack because the three and a half mil one doesn't bloody work. Um, <laughs> can, can I just say, I've been listening to some of the 14 episodes with you in it, Zero, and I've really been interested in what you've had to say. I need to get you in the pub sometime so you can meet my mate, who I think you get on very well with. And my gain's way too high, so let me just turn that down. <laughs> um, what you were saying there about uh, the Elizabethan Navy fighting the Spanish Armada, no, you didn't mention that specifically, but um, like, kind of like the USA of today, back then was the Spanish Empire and their, um, their Armada. And the British won against them. Well, for a start, we had the weather on our side, so I don't know how that happened. And we were using fire ships against their really good... Um, oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember what their ships were. So I looked into it, but effectively, these fire ships, they were slow and they were rickety, and it was just a suicide run against them, and we destroyed the Spanish Armada. And after that, well, that's when the British Empire rose into ascendancy. It was an incredible gambit, and it paid off. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? It does seem like they did have someone, something mysterious on their side, yeah. That's very... Well, one way I've heard it likened to is imagine if the USA Today with its F-35 strike fighters, and then suddenly you've got a bunch of Mexicans coming in with Cessna crop dusters or whatever. 
and they've been asked to defeat the entire uh, United States Air Force. Yeah. And then now, like, Mexico is the world empire. I mean, it, it won't happen because Mexicans aren't, well, they aren't shit, really. They're violent savages, but apart from that, they're, they're not going to amount to much. Yeah, it's, a, it's crazy stuff. It really is. But there's a whole, uh, God, if we go down this avenue, this is going to take another show, but if there's a whole other conspiracy concerning all this. Um, who was our leader back then? I can never remember. Is it not Elizabeth Fran Fran Francis, Francis Drake, Drake, Drake wasn't it? Because he's like, Drake. oh, yeah. Well, it was, he that was the other thing, wasn't it? He was like nonchalantly playing bowls, weren't he? And they were like, I'll go yeah. in five minutes job, weren't it? <laughs> this is what I was going to say, because apparently one of the bowls wasn't a bowl. It was like an ancient alien artifact, which was bow bowling ball sized, but was a sort of like, um, how would you describe it? Some sort of oracle type thing which answered any sort of question. And apparently that was what he was really doing. He was consulting this this oracle globe rather than playing bowls. That was the cover story. But, well, that was it's interesting you mentioned that because, I mean, uh, you also mentioned John D as well. So sorry if we're sort of jumping over the place on this, but as you can see, I'm a bit discombobulated today. It's a story for another time. But I believe it was John D was talking about how, and this was like when the microscope was new, um uh sorry sorry microbes he was saying that he was in contact with microbes who yeah. regard as might regard microbes except he was able to communicate with them and say uh oh um can you help us out against the spanish armada please yeah it's, it's, it's amazing stuff because i mean he was no fool he was one of our greatest minds probably we've ever created so and yet uh, you know, he's not going to be fooled by some sort of two-bit sort of like joker, sort of, you know, some hoaxing guy. Like, he was uh, he was a very intelligent person. And here he, here he is contacting angels and stuff and doing wife swapping and stuff, and, which was a huge no-no back then, I mean. But he went through with it because he was so dedicated to finding the truth. So it even risked his, his, his eternal soul to get truth, you know. He was the, um, what's it called, the uh, uh, 007. Yeah. He, he signed himself 007, which I thought was interesting. That's what I was on about. Yeah, spooks. Like, what a strange term. Like, spooks. Like, spooks can refer to, like, human agent, human spies, but it also refers to sort of spirits and ghosts and demons. And I think that's the real meaning of the term. I think, like, British intelligence use like these sort of entities who can walk through walls and read and influence minds and probably deliver secret messages by telepathy or automatic writing and pretty I mean, much if, if you want to be as pragmatic as possible about it you can just say their ability to uncover um otherwise hidden information is spooky uh, and then you just sort of think yeah, but you look into it, and then it's like you've got people like John D literally consorting with microbes who, who I think Lovecraft uh, mentioned as well, talking about cyclopean intelligences. Mm. Um, they, they, these are sort of vast ancient creatures, which I think Lovecraft is right. They are malevolent. I think it's, it's just like, it's like they are what they are sort of thing. It's like, it's like if we, if we went down to the local rough part of town and went into the pub, 
the people in there aren't necessarily evil. They're just who they are, sort of thing. You know, kind of. I suppose you're right. It's like it's like um, it's like Mary Mary Ellen Guiley says about the gin. He says that she says they're just the same as normal people. You get some good ones, some bad ones, some malicious ones. I mean, you could say I, I, I was a bit malevolent because when I was doing microbiology, after we'd done the cultures and all the stuff, it'd all go in the autoclave to get incinerated, literally committing a, a holocaust every single time you have yeah. done the lesson. Oh, God. <laughs> it was literally another shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grief Ask zero, 00, have you ever heard about Karl Monk and the, his maths? I haven't actually. I can't see that. I can't. I'm reading my notes. I can't see the chat at the same time. Where's this? Carl? Carl? Who? Carl Monk? No, I've never heard of him. The maths guy who does the ancient stuff. Is he? Uh, is he into all that Kabbalah stuff? Gonna... I'm going to look up Carl Monk. Monk. Hang on, it's Monk like that. Um, the code of Carl Monk and ancient. He does the gematria. Is it the gematria or the gematria? Ge- gematria, gematria. I mean, it's all gems in it. He does RKO um, crypto- cryptography as well. That sounds interesting, yeah. Yeah. But all this yeah, political... Like well, we were talking about political sorcery and spooks. There was that famous... What were they? The, the, the Angels of Mons who came to the aid of the British Expeditionary Force when they were in retreat during the Battle of Mons in the... Did, didn't something similar happen to Custer? Didn't he disappear at the top of a mountain or something? Didn't he? Oh, I didn't hear like that. A fog, oh. Like a fog came down and then he disappeared. I don't know. Say, I'll... Did he survive the the last stand? Did he? Uh, hold on a sec. I'll... Give me a, give me a sec. Keep keep talking. I'll see if I can find it. Is I've got a book with it. Because the the fascinating thing about when all these like spectral angels of Mons appeared, like f- shooting arrows at the German army in. 1914 as we retreated that that was actually a story written by the welsh author arthur matchen or arthur matchen like one of our greatest sort of horror supernatural authors and so he certainly he certainly faked that until he made it yeah i mean i've I've heard stories about legion of the damned before where you get these uh spectral figures come to fight and it's like well they're ghosts but then you know their swords are real yeah, they, they, they really kill people. I, I I find things like that fascinating because in an early episode of 14 Times, um, uh, Henny introduced me to the concept of a stone tape where um, in various lands you'll just be imbued with the spirit of people that are there. And I was talking about how in Ackerman Street you can still see Roman legionaries marching yeah. at certain times. In fact, it's very foggy tonight. Tonight would have been a good time to... <laughs> I, I've got to refrain from encouraging people in the chat to stop listening and go, no, it's all right, just take your um, take your phone in the car, look, keep tuned into YouTube, but just go and drive out to an old Roman road and it's foggy, so you might see something spooky. Apparently that that's that's the most seen apparition, Roman soldiers in formations and that. Oh, I've got the Custer thing mixed up. Apparently you saw an omen before it started. Uh, yeah, so, so that's, as the residents saw the command marching, marching out of Fort, Fort Abraham Lincoln in a cloud of dust, they observed the strange omen of the fate that would befall the regiment. While they watched in wonder, almost half the regiment appeared to ride off into the sky and, and vanish. 
that reminds me of that Norfolk regiment during World War Two that supposedly went up this hill and then vanished. Yeah, I, I, but these things, I never know whether they're true or not. I should write to the army, really, and ask them if they know about it. But apparently a whole platoon or a whole division or whatever, whatever they call quite a lot of soldiers just completely disappeared. But, but as, as I was saying about all this stuff, and then there's that famous thing about the witches on um, Beachy Head, isn't it, or, or some forest that did that cone of power spell to sort oh, of stop Oh, I saw a thing about it. That's the new forest invading, coven, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they 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 put a, a thought in Hitler's mind to not invade us. But having said that, I think that that story originated with uh, Gerald Gardner. So I don't want to knock Gerald Gardner because I do think he's really interesting. But I think we have to take it with a bit of salt. I think I was gonna, I was going to say a lot of this is um, when, when it comes to those sort of witches. Whilst I definitely do believe there was an esoteric aspect to the, to the wars being fought. I always often feel like they were claiming credit for things which just happened to be, and then in hindsight saying, oh, well, we couldn't have told you at the time because it was top secret, but we definitely did this, this, yeah. and this thing. And we, we knew where uh, U-boat such and such was going to be, so we managed to get it and then confiscate the uh, Enigma machine and uh, then, um, what's his name, uh, that gay boy, um, Alan Turing, he yeah. managed to crack the code. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff is is also psychological warfare that, that they were using at the time when they they did they dropped those fake astrological books in Germany, didn't they? To, that oh. supposedly predicted that Germany was going to lose on that, you know. Well, I mean, the yeah. the first part before even the first blow is struck. I mean, often battles can be won or lost based on how psyched up the warriors are beforehand. I mean, this is one of the things I noticed time and time again with like the Greek stories of fighting Persians and other people from um, Asia is just the fact that they're, they're absolute cowards and the only way they would keep fighting is because their uh, slave masters would whip them and it's just like well you either get whipped or you get stabbed and so it would work to a point and then they break and they'd all run away and it's like well you can't whip us all yeah it's crazy stuff it's, I, I read that even like British intelligence, they were using like this black magic psychological warfare against the IRA, where they'd plant sort of like faked altars in the woods and sort of spread rumours that that was the IRA doing black magic and that. Oh, I could well believe that sort of stuff. And the problem is, I think all this this sort of power that we've gained has come to bite us on the arse because if you look at it, we've we created a, a ruination of our people. And um, I was listening to this chap um, in the traditional Britain group and he was describing up the genius of uh, Britishness. And he was talking about the very survival strategies for groups where you've got low trust societies where they've got these harems. And um, uh, he was talking about how, how, how our survival strategy was genius and it worked quite well. Problem is we got industrialized. We don't trust each other well, well enough. And now we've, we've got the, we've reaped the, um, the, we, we've reaped the results of our forefathers. We're, we're now suffering. We're, we're paying the, the bargain which they made with the devil, I think. I think possibly literally the bargain they've made with the devil, yeah. If, um, because a lot of these people, they've got that dead shark-eyed cult look, haven't they? These Extinction Rebellion people. 
even these politicians seem does that, well, they are taking sides. Does that does that mean that uh, Queen Queen Elizabeth and Francis Drake mortgaged mortgaged our soul our souls for the uh, British British uh, British Empire? Then is that was that what we're saying? I mean, I've only just thought about it in this way right now. But actually, you know what? It sounds plausible to me. I really think they thought, yeah, it'd be worth it. Oh yeah, Didn't I don't it? think that they'd have no qualms about that. No. I mean, what is warfare or modern warfare is groups of men with occult-type symbols stitched onto their uniforms, like stars and things, being ritually sacrificed, possibly at, at um, sort of spiritually significant sites, uh, maybe. What's that alphabet agency which has got an octopus uh, with its grip on the world It says nothing is beyond our reach? That, that uh, seems pretty much symbolic of all of it, really. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they 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 really care about anything. I mean, the CIA's Project MK often that was set up in the mid '60s. I mean, that that was all investigating black magic and stuff, and just just crazy shit. I mean, so is that alongside just, MK Ultra, MK often? I think MK Ultra was the '50s, were not it? I think oh, was it, was it? The '50s? But MK often was set up in 1966 originally just to test the effects of drugs on people, but when um, that guy, oh, what's his name? Manson. Uh, no, 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 Manson. Yeah, Charles. When Charles Manson joined his CIA, he, he, no, uh, Doctor Sidley Got Gottlieb. That's it. When he joined it, he, he changed it to explore the world of black magic. Gottlieb. That's an awfully familiar surname. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't think of that. Yeah, Gottlieb. Yeah. Well, did you did you listen to our episode on ecstasy zero? I, I I listened to what listen to no I listened to the Blimey, one after like, that I have, it's I like a, them all yet. it's like it's like it's like a bar mitzvah in those, in those uh, <laughs> when you start reading about uh, uh, MDMA oh Mister oh, Shulgin yeah. or yeah, Professor yeah. Shulgin all of them weren't it like the marriage counselor and everybody it was just like unbelievable weren't it oh. I quite I quite enjoyed um, he wrote two books Pikao and Tikao but the thing is. Alexander Shulgin's actually a chemist, so the science he does is, is proper actual science, and chemistry is one of those proper things. It's not wishy-washy social or soft science, as they call it. Well, it isn't, well isn't science just, science just another form of magic? Yeah, but I, I mean, in the sense of like chemistry, it's yeah. clearly laid out. You're, you're not talking about something like the, um, the Diagnostical Statistical uh, DSM, Diagnostical Statistical Manual, where they're just sort of saying like, Oh, if someone disagrees with you, then they've got oppositional defiance disorder. That's a fucking that that that. I mean, that that's straight from the Soviet playbook. Because oh, guess what? It turns out the people who did mental health in the Soviet playbook are the ones who write in the DSM now. <laughs> well, By I was the way, I'm that. hearing myself. I'm hearing myself repeating, and either your uh, or mine. Is that is it? Because I'm still too loud. Okay, it probably is. I'm going to ask. Mike chat. Am I? <laughs> am I am I am I too loud? Because um, it, it just I I'm I'm worried that I'm you know uh, doing a mic over people. Well, is it loud? Maybe that's that stuff about the DSM kind of reminds me of that fright that that joke. It's uh, that uh, that astrology is racism for women. <laughs> I, I just found that whole rave scene deeply suspicious. I mean, bloody hell. You got all the elements there of classical ancient mind control from the rites of Eleusis and that, and you, know, you got flashing lights, repetitive music. I mean, bloody you hell! You literally have trance music. Yeah, 
I mean, at work today, I, I wanted to listen to some chip tunes, which I was listening to last night and enjoying. And uh, one of my colleagues put some trance music on, and it was, I, I like some trance, but this trance was just, it was fucking awful. It had that that bloody awful Hoover sound effect, which was so <laughs> popular. And you know the one I'm on about? No. The, the, oh, the, it's if you go on to, um, I'm going to do that thing now where I, I'm encouraging the chat to go to other websites. If you go to Ishka's Guide to Electronic Music, it talks about the various samples which are very fo- uh, famous, like the Amen Break from Amen. Uh, was it the high, C, the high Season, another one, isn't it? Yeah, and um, Funky Drummer by James Brown. And then there's the Hoover sound effect, which is literally a vacuum cleaner. And it's been used in it's it's just it's this awful sort of sorry signy way thing. Grief will understand what I'm on about. And he's also saying I should cut my mic by about thirty percent. I've done that grief. It was set to number seven. I've put it on five. What interested me about rave is that that's sort of like targeted middle class people, like uh, tourist travel agents, and sort of like. It wasn't like a working class movement, was it? Or at the start, anyway. That sort of it was aimed at the more upper, upper sort of levels of society. And, uh, how easy well, would, it, would it have been to put subliminals in the music and the visuals? You know, sort of like vote Tony Blair. Tony Blair is God. Tony Blair is God. You know. Well, there's no one more susceptible to programming than the middle classes, is there? Well, they they grow they grow up on it, don't they? That's how they get where they are, isn't it? Yeah. Like, Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, do do remember that New Labour did have their own theme music by D colon uh, Oh Reem, God, yeah. With, with Professor Brian Cox, <laughs> is oh, yeah, it the who, universe who the... magic? <laughs> how, how is it that Professor <laughs> Brian Cox, with his degree, sounds thicker than Neil deGrasse Tyson, the black <laughs> science man? <laughs> He's been got out, hasn't he? I think. I think he's he's under control. You know, I mean, uh, well, he the, sounds like it with that, that drippy voice, doesn't he? For the fact that he was picked, Doreen was picked for the theme music for Labour. I think it says a lot, really. I mean, it, it, he's probably been part of the establishment for a long time. Um, I don't know. I think it's one of those again, kind of like one of those. I call them like ret- retirement tunes. You get those tunes that have like a certain phrase in that, and they're kind of ubiquitous, aren't they? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like those kind of songs. Anglosaurus Rex was saying, "What is the best British food? Is it shepherd's pie? Full English, or is it the full English? Full, en- yeah, full English say, Sunday dinner? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh, that's a that's a high up there. I think yeah. Yeah, roast. You can't beat a roast. Sunday yeah. roast." Anglosaurus Rex, he's saying, I think it's bangers and mash. And I was just talking about how, like, um, about potatoes and krauts the other day and uh, saying about no Irish ever called me an N-word. And no <laughs> no, no German ever said I was a racist. So I thought, you know what? If you get spuds and you get sauerkraut and you put a bit of sausage with that, that's a good meal. I do like sauerkraut. Sorry, I'm, I know this isn't Land of Grab and Glory. <laughs> that's, Tuesday. <but. laughs> that's Tuesday's that's Tuesday's show, Hobbit. You're burning content. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to forgive me, but when the chat talks about food, what, what do you expect me to do? Yeah, not yeah. not answer a food-related topic. <laughs> um, I've, I've, finally, I've finally got Zero to stop going off on tangents, then you come in and I've got to wrangle <laughs> you now. 
Well, that was the thing. I just, I don't see a road. I was just like, it's like he's channeling the spirit of hobbitism. He's going on the tangents, which no, I, like I can't it. do. Es- esoteric hobbitism. I, I'd say just let, let let things happen. What's going to happen? You know, it's time to talk about food, and then it's time to talk about something else. You know. It's, you know. Oh, but go, going back to rave music, especially as OG Snake Eyes is saying trance beat, XLSD, techno shamanism, ritual dancing, visuals, lasers and lights, hundreds of people on the same vibe, pretty intense spiritual energy. I've got a few problems with rave music. Um, I like it. I like a lot of that music. I listen to a lot of it at work. I'm very interested, or was, in jungle and drum and bass. But that was the sort of music which plumbers and painters and decorators were producing. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to get an Amiga and I'm going to do this and eventually turn to Max. But the sort of the mainstream, like house and trance music, that was, I mean, literally ministry of sound. It was a different, uh, different production values and different sort of agenda. And I never liked it. And yeah, it just, it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is used for mind control. Um, Underground stuff like this was, I think, that's the problem with drum and bass. I don't think it ever got commercialised, and that's why it's always been pretty much a niche thing. Well, it's only kind of like, uh, was it MB Incredible was like the only real like breakout jungle drum, uh, drum and bass song, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, and then that was, was that Shy FX as well? And... That was MB and, yeah, jungle, yeah, I mean... uh, and uh, General Levy, weren't it? Oh yeah, because I was thinking, uh, Shy FX did uh, he, he did a pretty poppy drum and bass song. I didn't like it very much, but it did quite well. What was it? Shake your body. That's what it was called. That. Oh that, that yeah, I know the one. Uh, was that mystical? Oh no, it was Shake Your Body. It was Shy FX. Oh, right. I, I like Shy because he did um, he did uh, original Nutter with Congo Natty in Night Night Free, and that was quite popular. Well, what I find strange is that when I was growing up, in in the early 80s, we used to listen to Extreme Power Electronics by um, White House and Industrial Music by Throb and Gristle and that, which was like quite heavy stuff at the time. But now I, I'm walking along the road and I hear sort of like librarians and that listen to stuff that's much more extreme, this sort of like weird... <laughs> jungle type hybrid shit you know that's weirder than the extreme stuff that we were listening to in the 80s but we were all weirdos into it but now sort of normal sort of librarians and stuff are listening to stuff that's far crazy i think i think the right the raves put it in the in the in the hands of the mainstream didn't they because so many people were going to raves and they were like like buying buying the tapes and like playing them at work and in their vans and stuff weren't they (laughs) You know, it's a strange thing, and I think maybe like it's like taste where you get sick of certain things. These days, all I find I'm really listening to is either synthwave, chip tunes, or classical music. I don't really, I don't even really like guitar music. I I play guitar, but I'd rather have an accordion if that makes sense. I do, I do quite like a chip tune cover. I do, I do like chip tune cover versions. I, I was listening to a chip tune cover of something the other. Oh, that was it. it. Was a Boards of Canada song. Um, See you later. And I just thought, oh, actually, you know what? This really works. <laughs> if this was in like a Nintendo game, or there's something, a really. I, I've got. I've got a really good one. It's uh, Pictures of Matchstick Men by um, by Status Quo. That's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. There, well, oh, a rave oh, version of it. A rave yeah, version you... of. Yeah, yeah, an eight-bit version of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I 
dropped in. Anglo Celticus said Pendulum went pretty far, then morphed into a shit metal band. Yeah, I, I do still have the Guns at Dawn um, EP by them because I liked the art and with, uh, which has got a pretty good. Because uh, that's like uh, everything post like post Slam, isn't it? Everything after Slam was oh yeah going main, mainstream, wasn't it? Because that was their that was their breakout tune, weren't it? Yeah, that was it. Slam was um, Slam was pretty good, but then after that, they just sort of went like, I mean, they got popular, but just normies are. I always find normies and normie stuff repellent. Um, <laughs> someone's trying to tell me the the boomer meme has become okay. Boomer meme has become normie tier now, and uh, PewDiePie. Well, when PewDiePie reviews a meme, that's when it's on its way out. So I guess <laughs> yeah. So are we going to get back to uh, where were we? Were we at Sir Francis we're Drake about before we political sorcery part two? Yeah, were we at political. were we at Sir Francis Drake, or we or do we need to move on from there? I'm very oh, glad we yeah. we had the aside about uh, trance music and stuff because all of this will tie back into political <laughs> we'll sorcery. Loop, we'll loop back round to it. Well, no, I mean, I think the thing I'm... is, it is it is part of the context. I mean, it's uh, we were talking about psychological warfare, and, uh, you know, I, I think if you showed John D the Ministry of Sound, he'd be like, yeah, this looks like something I'd come up with. Well, that's, that's, what, agree, that's, yeah. what, Marty, that's what Marty McFuture, doesn't he? He puts that Van Halen on, doesn't he, to torture, torture George, doesn't he? You can't oh, be... Yeah. Have I lost everybody with that there. reference? Oh, did I did. I. Sorry, no. I was just. I was just talking about when uh, when Marty McFly yeah, tortures George no, in I, Back I, to the Future. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, you're playing some Eddie Van Halen, but um, the, the, the stream's going a bit shit as well. So, is it? Is it your? Um, has your internet ration run out? It must be. It must. It must be. <laughs> You're going to have to write to Her Majesty's government and say, "Please, may I have another crumb of internet?" Well, I'm, I'm I'm moving soon, so hopefully the internet will improve. Or, or don't dox yourself. Yeah, don't dox yourself. You mean you're yeah. moving? There's you're a house for sale. There's something. a house for sale in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I'm doxed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there we go. It's narrowed it down. I mean, <laughs> If if you if you buy a house in the UK and meet the owners, you'll meet Hemi and IRL. <laughs> <laughs> How many houses are for sale in the UK right now? I could do a couple of hundred thousand, I should think. Oh, oh dear! You, you've pretty much narrowed it down to yeah, hundred thousand. Shocking odds. <laughs> oh. Your face is going to be plastered on the Daily Mirror next day. It's like, I, hope my internet I hope my H-spies are going to get me. Internet racist is trying to sell his house. <laughs> Shocker. I yeah. think we should have we should have a mass self-doxing, I think. We should all dox ourselves and, like, to hell Fed. with it. You know, like, you know, to hell, you know. I will do that I mean, when look, I'm like when I'm self-employed and I'm like one established as like a master craftsman or something. Yeah. It's just like, well, he is an internet racist, but I really do like the doorknobs he makes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I mean, too idealist sometimes. Yeah, uh, I, I wish we could live in your. Well, I say we could live, live wish live in your sort of world, but I've seen um, paranoid schizophrenics and stuff, and it, it ain't an easy world to live in. <laughs> That's, I'm not, I'm that's a backhanded you... compliment, I bet. 
I'm, I'm not saying you are, by the way, CO2, but you're familiar with these people, aren't you? I, mean, no, I know I know the structures of it all, yeah. You, you, and, you and I have got a passing familiarity of people with mental health issues, and um, they're interesting people, but you wouldn't want to hang out with them too long. Oh, yeah, that's weird stuff, yeah. I am probably the most insensitive, mentally ca- ca- uh, handicapped person I know. <laughs> I, no, you encourage them. Don't encourage them because they'll make you as crazy as they are. You know, if you oh, encourage no, them. Like... That's the thing. I mean, um, someone sort of uh, quite similar to me flew off the handle uh, one of these days, and I was visiting him in one of those. Uh, I won't say which hospital it was, but there's a couple of secure units in the UK, and I I went to visit him there, and he says, "You know what the difference between you and me, Hobbit, is?" And I said, "What's that? I'm visiting you." He says, "No." You're you're just as crazy as I am, but you pretend you're 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 normal. And I said, yeah, because I don't want to end up where you are. It's not a fun place to be. And it's like, I think he, I think he enjoyed like taking all the filters off. But he he um he enjoyed like um I enjoy moderation. He enjoys going to the extremes. And uh, yeah, I I uh, I lost contact with him. Last I heard, he claimed he was a girl, and he's got a Mexican name. Um, so yeah, I, um, but that's that's an aside. That's not really got anything to do with political science. Yeah, but that's where they capture all the sort of shamanic type people, isn't it? They incarcerate them in these psychiatric wards and study them and rip off their secrets. There, don't they? I mean, do you think? I don't know if they're built on ley lines or not, but do you think these these mental asylums they're like some sort of harvesting device for for psychic energy? I think so, yeah. Because if you notice, like a lot of the psychiatric drugs have very similar names to the medieval demons of the grimoires. Like, oh, really? You know, psychop- I conjure the cyclomazepine. You know, I, I conjure the ativan. You know, they, they sound like fucking medieval demons to me. You know what? I think that you, you pro- you're onto something there. There probably is something to do with that. that all I, I understand with these psychiatric drugs is they're just there to numb people's. Um, they're there to numb people's uh, uh, abilities to to make them a bit more brain dead, so they're they're more. Don't they, don't they also uh, don't, don't they also inhibit your your um, ability to like fight demons as well? Probably, yeah, and it makes you really fat as well on purpose. I think I think they've they've put that little bit of uh, chemical structure in there to make you fat because when you take them, you just blow out and that sort of exes you out of society, doesn't it? Which is what they want, you know, because people That's... don't take fat people seriously, do they? No. Well, I mean, in places like Japan, uh, uh, fat people get passed up for promotion for less qualified skinny people because the idea is like, well, if you're fat, then you can't moderate yourself and you, you don't, you, you rack discipline. So... <laughs> If if you're a fatty bum bums, then they they just they they yeah there still is a stigma about that though. Um, I mean, I I, I was uh, um, talking to my cousin about it because I'm a fatty, and I said to him, I, I he says, why were you worried about like you know all this losing weight and stuff? And I said, well, mostly I want to get rid of the fat. I don't mind about losing weight because I seem like a in the scales like a bunch of uh, muscle. And then a bunch of fat, and it's incredible how much denser the muscle is. So I said, I don't mind if I was to weigh the same weight for the rest of my life, but that's all muscle. I just want like less fat pushing around my brain so I can think sharper. 
And he says, yeah, but that's going to make you meaner. And I said, yeah. And I, 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 I do admit I'm losing my compassion. I, 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 don't, I don't have the same sympathy for my fellow man, what I once used to. It's hard losing weight when you're middle-aged. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of slightly overweight, but I can't get rid of it. I think it's something, some metabolism thing. Once you hit middle age, it's really hard to get rid of. I mean, I hardly eat anything, but I'm not getting thinner. No. So I might have, I might have like uh, worms or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but getting on to this point about the psychiatric drugs um, making people uh, fatten out didn't work with my mate. He's he was always like a bean pole, um, but. I think it's a case of once they get these people docile, they just kind of like um, it's sort of, it's like I mean it's like the expression fat and and uh, fat and docile. Yeah, yeah. Land wild sort, sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that seems to be the way they deal with with these people that because we don't have an avenue for shamans, we don't have like. Uh, you know, where we'd just be like, that's the house and there's the mental guy who lives there. And you go and see him and you have a disturbing dream and you, you interpret it for you. Yeah, it's a big shame, that is, yeah. You're only allowed yeah. to be a Christ Christian monk, aren't you? That's pretty much it, unless you want to be a Harry Krishna or something a bit more sort of stranger. Yeah, you can't I mean, you can't be weird these days. Say, no, that's the problem. I mean, the monks, if, if anything, they're kind of like an opposite of the... Of the weirdo, I mean, I, I call shamans weirdos. They are weirdos. I mean, I oh, don't yeah. think there's any there's any stigma in saying it. Yeah, the they are total nutcases. Yeah, they're touched by the moon, and with monks, they kind of just cloistered away from society, and they probably are strange in that they, you know, they got this thing, but they're very, um, they're very sort of simple, simple lives, and it's not, it's not the same as shamanism, and um, but. Did you guys have any prep before you did this show? Because I thought, oh, yeah, I'll come into this and I'll, I'll listen and I'll see if I can offer any insights and valuable advice. And to be fair, it, it's more been a case of I've been away for a while. And <laughs> yes, you haven't, spoke, yeah, you haven't spoken on a stream for a while. You're just getting it all out, aren't you, Albert? Oh, I, no, um, I appreciate I it. It's all interesting. You know, it's all interesting. You know. It's therapy for me. I, I was in the pub prior to this and... Um, I was talking to a chap about cars, and I just thought, you know what, I could be doing this with my friends online, but you're not guys aren't going to be talking about cars. You're going to be talking about the interesting things that John D and Francis Drake did. What means we had an empire? If anyone's interested in all that Francis Drake stuff, they should look up the Sphere material. It's S V E double R E. He's a Swedish guy who claims to have have first-hand knowledge of all this and it's weird stuff at connect david bowie was involved stephen is ward of the profumo was scandal he, was he formerly a vegan and now he eats raw meat i'm not sure i'm not sure spareage no he was just called sphere like s-v-e-double-r-e -R -E. just claims oh. to be like an insider of all this stuff kind of oh okay yeah because um there's uh uh Oh, Anglosaurus Rex is saying, I live in a shared house, they don't like racists. And uh, it's one of those things, it's it's sort of difficult. I, you know, I, I can't really explain to my family, like, yeah, my hobbies include internet racism. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they always encourage me to get a hobby. 
and it's cheaper than getting N-gauge railways. My God, have you seen the cost of an N-gauge railway locomotive? I have. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I was sort I of thought, interested in that stuff, yeah. Models. I thought Warhammer yeah. miniatures were expensive, but my God, I mean, okay, N-gauge railways, you, you need jewellers' uh, levels of skills to do it, but £138 for a locomotive. Blimey, Charlie. I mean, it's it's just it's, it's a motorized box on wheels, and it's got some very intricate gearing on it. But 138 quid? Nah. This this is um, this. I mean, actually, this is more important as well because I'm really glad we're in the stage now. I'm I'm guessing, especially you, Zero Zero, used to listen to David Icke. And, oh yeah, did yeah. You, did you listen? Used to listen to the People's Voice? I did. The, the the short time it was up, yeah, yeah. Well, you might have heard me a long time ago. Oh, he supposedly come up. He he said he's he's coming up with a new project, isn't he? A new TV or internet type project, isn't he? Good. Well, I hope he's learnt his lessons from the people's voice, and he can make a better go of it because the time's ripe now. I mean, before people were saying, "What's the point in this? Why not just record some stuff and put it on YouTube?" But YouTube is becoming increasingly unviable as a platform, and um, I'm glad we can still use it, but in the future I'll be looking forward to whatever the new platform is. Uh, but the reason I mentioned about the people's voice is he was talking then, and Alex Jones, about being the tip of the spear and saying that many new people come up. And I'm glad we've now got to that stage now where people like myself and you, Hemi, we're here and uh, this means we get to hear people like zero zero because i've really been interested in what you've been saying and um i've been leaving little comments here and there in the telegram chat uh, but i just yeah i I'm, I'm glad i'm here today doing it live yeah i mean i, I don't want to sort of toot my own horn but i have been sort of investigating this stuff for over 30 years kind of like so i sort of do know what i'm talking about I'm, so I'm is this the first time you've had an outlet for, outlet for it then um I've usually just like um, not. I've never been on on uh, on air before and talked about. It. I'm more of a writer than a speaker, but I'm getting into speaking about it now. Because so. before everything was very secret for sort of obvious reasons, but I think yeah. it's changed now. Now people are more public about it because um, the powers that be are now revealing what they're doing, aren't they? So I think we should as well just be open about it. You know. Fuck all these secrets and hiding away, you know, and you know, uh, just well, say what the, you're into, you know. The problem about that is, I say we're like in late stage Soviet empire where you got to practice samizdat and just understand that what you're doing has to be clandestine for your own safety. Uh, but the thing is, I, I, I'm sort of, I feel like very soon we'll enter into. I'm sorry, audience, my chair is very creaky. We, <laughs> Yeah, your chair, your chair would have been better last week when we were reading the ghost stories of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I had difficulty listening to the episode. It was fascinating, but it was it was hard going, and I really wish I I, I was there because I was just like, oh god, I, I wish I could have been saying this stuff. And I, I also I want to say like about psychic blunts and psychic like um like people who you just stop psychic phenomena going around them because I. Um, there are people who are sensitive to psychic phenomena, and I'd say there's probably the opposites. And I'd say there's probably even people that just like they're a void, and psychic stuff just can't happen around them because they've got like some sort of um, 
like they they almost ground the energy out. Yeah, I think that I think that's me. <laughs> I think I'm one of those people. <laughs> well, I, you get I, I, I think I think, it, like I think in most senses I'm like a true believer in the paranormal because I've never had a single experience or knowingly had well, a single experience. At least you're not a sceptical because, I mean, you're open to it and you've got the curiosity, but there's a lot of people that they're sceptical and I think they're, that they're, they're sceptics, the sceptics are um, because of the way they, they are. I mean, Rudyard Kipling, he summed it up perfectly. He said, magic doesn't exist for those who don't believe in it. I think that is a very... Um, That's very true, yeah. I was just going to ask, what's your take on that, Zero? I find it very strange that all this sort of sceptic versus believer, it's always one way, isn't it? It's like, it's acceptable to take the piss out of the weirdos into the occult. But it doesn't. It never seems like acceptable to take the piss out of the skeptic and point the finger at well, that, them. That, that Chris, I, 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 I think I've said this before, and I don't know if I've said it on a stream, but I was watching that haunted. Do you remember that haunted homes? And he was like the. He was like the. Uh, he was the he was the pet skeptic, and, yeah. and he went went into this one bedroom. He sat down, and his ass didn't even touch up, the, touch the floor. And before he'd got up and said he hadn't seen anything, he said, yeah. "No, there's nothing going on in here." I mean, why would he get up so quickly if there was nothing going on in there? It's just like he was, he's such a bullshitter. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the chair. You see that fucking chair though? Sounds like a two hundred and thirty what Nikita Hammond action brushes drill full reps. It's just like, that's very specific. Yeah, that is very specific. <laughs> do, you, do, do you have a lot of experience using Makita Power Tours, Grief? Yeah. I think he's getting a sponsorship. Uh, Isn't his channel sponsored by Makita now? Hey, hey watch out. I've got, I've got a contract with Ryobi Power Tours. Oh. Can we get well, a Power Tours sponsorship? Uh, it's got to be Bo Go it's got to be Bosch though. I'm a Bo I'm a Bash Boshman Hobbit. Sorry, mate. Bish Bash Bosch. Yeah. I'd old, love to the do old a Bosch, live... Bosch Blue be best kit you can get, mate. I'd I'd love to do a live read for like uh, various sort of things, or you know, um, I did one for. Uh, do, do you want me to speak to the of... mattress people? They'll they'll sponsor anybody, won't they? Really? Yeah. There's those. Oh. Is that? I want. I need. Uh, what mattress. is it? The mat the mattress. You, um, <laughs> Uh, was it was it uh, Casper mattresses? Hey, that could work if we're doing a spooky. Ghost oh show. yeah, mate! I'll get I'll I'll give him a bell then. I'll get him on the yeah. blower. <laughs> we're talking about hello, yeah, Casper. Yeah, we're talking about demons and John D. Crate and the British Empire. Can we have a few free sort of free mattresses? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that go down well. I mean, I'm I'm all right for mattresses, but uh, you know, I'm just thinking I, I could I could do with a hammer drill. And um, what else could I? Do? I I quite I, I tell you what, I quite like a bench grinder. So you you, you see, I'm, I'm more I'm more interested. I, I've got I've got a belt sander as well, but I'd like a bigger one. So um, yeah, I'd love yeah. a lathe. God, if I could get a lathe. Graves, I'd be Graves so insisting that whatever you buy, it's got to be brushless. A bit. Are we going to talk about uh, brushless drills while we're here, are we? I'm sorry, my levels of autism don't go into the ins and outs of motors. I'm interested uh. in bearings, but not not so much motors. Um, I, I, there's pros and cons for brushless. Do you know, do you know what I'm interested but... in? Political sorcery. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, Hanny, can you tell us a bit about political was that, sorcerers? Was that, was that subtle <laughs> enough for you, Hobbit? I, I so sure appreciate it. God, t- tell us a bit about it. What's your we can always, do? Where, 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 where were we before he was so rudely interrupted? No, I, I, quite, I quite enjoyed all that. No, it's just... We could we could do a part three. It's just like God, I got a shitload of stuff. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just, I'll get flack from that sock again. It will say you blue oh. me again. All right, let's let's do it then. But... <laughs> let's just uh, what is my? Uh... I'll see how much we got to go here. But <laughs> so, oh, no, it's so... not that much. No, that'd be All a good right. good ending. Yeah, it's not that much. But it's just once I start talking about something, I get like ten other things coming to my head that that I try to. I know that feeling. Yeah. I I, I do know that feeling. Uh, I think there's a way I could probably tie this into current affairs political science because there's been a lot of uh, chicanery and black magic going around with um, not just the Brexit party, but UKIP. And that might be something more for Brutus's uh, uh, show. Uh, But I I really am quite disappointed what's happened with UKIP. The NEC seems to have completely sabotaged that that part I, I think i think they were always designed to be flat pack though weren't they I, I think i think that's the way the party was designed what that, you UK? know once once the bmp had been destroyed and, and uh someone else takes over i think it was kind of designed that, that's just my theory anyway that it was kind of designed designed to be folded up when, when it was no longer in use I get a feeling that not only does Nigel Farage want UKIP to be destroyed for the same reasons that BMP are destroyed, um, to have like a, a controlled opposition, but he survived numerous um, assassination attempts. So no, I think now he's he's part of the system. They've oh absolutely they've yeah. him enough, and it's really fucking well. Well, sad it, it's because... it's what it's whatever happened when the Brexit result was came through, wasn't it? That was when he got his payment or his. You know, invitation to the gang. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because he, he managed to snatch uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. Yeah. Which I, I do find incredible, and I respect him for that. But I despise him for that as well. Well, he, he said all that stuff. If Brexit's ever in danger, I'll come back. He did, like, the, the King Arthur thing, didn't he? But never came back when it was getting fucked over by uh, by uh, Theresa May. That, that, that was my, that was my reading the people... of it. Anyway. Of all the people in the Brexit party, I think I respect Anne Whittacombe the most. And uh, I, I kind of like it when she says, I choose to be celibate. And it's like, yes, uh, you choose to be celibate to cultivate your uh, magical essence. And you don't choose to be celibate because it's the choice of everyone else around you. Have you noticed that Nigel Farage looks like a Muppet? Like he looks like an actual Muppet sort of puppet? Someone else said that. He does, doesn't he? Well, could you imagine he's spitting image puppet? You could, you could imagine it quite easily, couldn't you? It's quite easy to caricature Nigel Farage's face, especially as he, he's really quite good with smug expressions. It's just, it all seems very scripted, doesn't it? That whole UKIP BNP thing. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Well, if you want more information about that, you can listen to Brutus's show. He, he, he talks about the history of how uh, UKIP was designed in a way to um, be a a, a a counter to BMP, like a, to sort of channel the energy for freedom into something that's like a bit less racist in it. Uh, 
the chat's just talking about power tools and what's the worst sort of injury from lanes or routers. And I can say you don't want to get injured with either of them, and you certainly don't want to leave the chuck key in the drill or a lathe. Yeah, just just remember your health and safety, lads. That's all you got to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I would say, hey, um, you you got to sort of like make a a, a uh, the the Russians talk about a type of house spirit where if you don't keep your house in order, it becomes malevolent. Well, so, we were talking we were uh, talking about that during the fairy episode. Have you ever heard of brownies, Hobbit? Oh. We- we, we, the brownies are our house spirit. Yeah. The reason I mention that is like you you want to keep the spirits in your workplace happy because otherwise like you will get workplace injuries. And I'm I'm looking at this stuff with the injuries, and I had almost a premonition today that something bad's going to happen to me. I'll be specific about what that bad thing was after the air, <laughs> and then lo and behold, that bad thing happened to me, and I was like. I saw it coming, and yet I didn't take any pre- steps. Think to it could, do you think it could be the other way around that you kind of memed it into being? <laughs> do you think it could, you could have memed your own your own destruction, Hobbit? I I was very very wound up at um, at, at work. Well, I'm just uh, wound up in general, and uh, I the one of the things the highway code says is don't go driving when you're angry. You'll become irrational and aggressive, and um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's like that I was I was a bit silly. No, nothing dangerous happened, so people don't get don't start like going, Oh, I'm gonna dox him to see what roadside instance happened. No, nothing dangerous happened, but uh yeah, it was one of those things. So, so where where were where were we? Talking about brownies and how that pertains to political science and how <laughs> NEC did some black magic which ruined things. I don't think it was black magic. I think they were just like designed to. They, they were they were the uh, they were the safety safety bar, weren't they? Black magic. They were casting dark rituals, harvesting gulfling energy to ruin Brexit. <laughs> it's just that what what oh, I'm speaking of, speaking of actually you reminded me, Hobbit. Brexit's a magical word, isn't it? Because we voted to oh, leave yeah. the European Union, so so what's ha- what happened was the left then turned it into Brexit, didn't they? Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that point because I said I really despise the term, and I I, yeah. I I use it because everyone else uses it. I've despised it um, for a long time, Brexit. Well, yeah, because I'm saying, well, why don't we just call it the independence referendum, or just well, we, why don't we you call it leaving leave? the European Union? Because you can either leave the European Union or stay in the European Union. You can't. Sort of leave the European Union, but you can Brexit, and and Brexit is, it's it's we think it means one thing, whereas they know it means another, don't they? I mean that's the horrible thing with neurolinguistic programming. You've got certain trigger words like racist, conspiracy theorist, Brexit, and then these terms will have all these energies uh, with them, and they are magic spells. Neurolinguistic programming is magic. There's no and ifs or buts about it. Um, but... It's created by awful people like that Richard Bandler, just like an awful like whore. He'd whore himself out to whatever company would pay him. You know, just awful. So who's he? Well, then? I don't he know one... who he is. He created uh, NLP, didn't he? With that other guy, I can't remember his name, but just like awful sort of like mercenaries really they'd hire themselves out to any old company you know like whatever race was behind it sort of thing you know and just 
just awful vulgar mm. vulgar capitalist sort of like sorcerer <laughs> I suppose you call it. so do you do, yeah. you, do you do you think as most people do that neurolinguistic planet uh, neurolinguistic I mean, I can't even say the word. Programming. Programming is um, is magic. Well, it's hypnotism, yeah. isn't it? It's hypnotism, yeah. like ambush hypnotism. Because Richard Bandler would demonstrate it in his in his lectures. He'd pick some sort of person of the audience and ambush hypnose him, or ambush hypnosis him, or sort of like instantly hypnotise him. I mean, that's, that's just... a term which I, uh, I I've, I've now I'm familiar with is ambush hypnosis and. That I find very interesting, and I mean, it, it, the simplest way of putting it about, and I have to break things down into simple things because I'm very derbrain when it comes to some of this stuff. Is um, you, you've got spells, right? And spells are comprised of spell ings, and words are comprised of spell ings. And your linguistic programming is using words to program yourself in doing things. Things, in other words, to to alter. Uh, reality using words and incantations. Well, fuck me. That's that's magic. I mean, th th this. I, I don't. I don't know how else to describe magic. As you use spell, uh, you use words and incantations, and you you affect reality around you. Yeah, definitely. Well, what, what's uh, what's 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 um, political correctness if it's not magic? Is it? it? It's 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 changing changing the way people speak, think, and act, isn't it? So. I think Twitter's like that because I, I quite enjoy the fun I have on Twitter and I just have to understand that when I'm using it, I'm, I'm talking in a code, which effectively is a magic spell. I'm not allowed to speak truthfully because if I did, I'd just get um, uh, uh, banned for a hate, a hate speech. Hate speech. I mean, that's another NLP term, isn't it? Like hate speech. Like yeah. you know. It's like, yeah, I mean, well, it, I it mean, doesn't even have a definition in law, <laughs> no, does it? It's like, it's so it's so nebulous that it doesn't even have a definition in law. That's how crap it is, it, isn't it? It is yet another loaded term where you just accuse somebody of that. Your intentions behind what you said is hate, and then I mean, it's not the same as we just say it's banter. It's like it's a bit banter. It's like all oh, the stuff you said to me. Yeah, mate, it's banter. That's you know. So what? Oh, but that hurts my feelings. All right, jog on. But that's, that's like hate, hate. Hate speech is is like termed as a sort of like it's a more evil form of normal speech, isn't it? Whereas using the same words, but it's, it's somehow sort of like more evil, isn't it? Yeah, and like terrible, <laughs> like. They're basically saying you can't say certain things because that's hateful. And even if you say something uh, fairly innocuous and quite funny, like, oh, it's terrible how this um, uh, religious group is persecuted. If only had they had their own country, which they could go to so they could escape all this uh, virulent uh, hatred for them for no, no, no good reason whatsoever. And you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny jokes. It's just, you know, it's funny words. But then someone's, ah, oh, there's a hate speech, and it's like, well, mate, you're assuming I'm being hateful, whereas all I'm doing is just having a bit of a laugh. But that again, it's one of those things. It's why I don't like using terms like Brexit. I don't like political correctness. I don't like racism. I don't like hate speech because they're all neurolinguistic programming. And the thing is, because they're all in English, which for the past five hundred years has been a 
I mean, that we could do even a show about that, how the, the English language is a magical construct, uh, because it's quite different to its, its ancestry. Um, it is so, so effective because it's so subtle, because people don't think twice about using these terms. Why are we using terms like Brexit? Why do we say that's politically incorrect? Oh, yeah, they, they study all this stuff for sure. I mean, even that nudge unit, that's just the public face of all this stuff. You know, the government's nudge oh. unit, the Labour craver, is basically using NLP on the whole populace. I mean, they, that goes much deeper than that, I think, yeah. Wait a minute, you, did you say that a, a nudge unit? They're called the nudge unit, aren't they? That You can find PDFs of them on the government website dot government dot co website yeah i've they're heard like of it before tank. i don't remember what yeah. it is though i have heard of it though they just they're like a think th a think tank that influences public opinion through nlp basically right because in which case i was going to say is a nudge unit another way of saying shifting the overton window which is what our our yankee uh, friends like to say yeah, it's all that Tony Blair sort of stuff. Like, instead of sort of ordering people what to do, you sort of subtly nudge them to sort of do what you want them to do instead. Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah, instead it, of asking them to do it, you con them into it. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> yeah, Tony basically, Blair, yeah. fucking used car salesman, isn't he? God. He's, um, he's, he's a Jew, you know. His, his mum's a Jew. He's a Jew. I, I think it's, it's if, if he's it's, if he's not he's spiritually a four B two, isn't he? It's it's definitely well. I I looked into the early early history, early life. Yeah, that, that's a, a problematic section on Wikipedia, which they're going to have to masterly in the future because yeah. looking at early life is um, is a hate speech. And um, but no, nudge unit is 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 a term which now you mention it, it's it's just it's. It's so fucking insidious. I mean, that's the thing about our language in itself. And I think th this is political sorcery because the fact is, 500 years ago, there was efforts made, very successful, to standardise English, to do the Oxbridge uh, standardisation. That's why all our spoutings are based upon how the intelligentsia from those two universities would, um, would, would spell them. Um, and... We have a language which isn't really like any other language. I mean, it, you can see some similarities to Dutch and German, but it's not, not, not really, not at all. And I think this is one of those things. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get like a philologist on or an etymologist to actually talk about like the structure of language and the origin of these words? Because then we could say, well, yes, because you have this uh, structure and you don't have these bits which other languages do that's why the english think in a certain way well do you think and... do you think do you think maybe the the mechanical diggers destroying our language is kind of is is adding to the rot do you know do you know what i mean the, the way they the way they say asks and, and things like that it's like is that is that is, is oh. that chipping away at the uh, at the fabric of of the country at the same time because you're chipping I'm away gonna... at the fabric of, yes. the, of the language you're chipping away at the fa fabric of the country well, I, I, I could give you an example of that. There's, uh, there's an American podcast I like called The Hate Bus, which is, as they describe themselves, the, um, the alt-right's most retarded podcast. <laughs> and one of their sections is they've got, it, it's, it's well worth a listen, guys. So I, I, I know we, we're all um, we're, we're Anglo-centric because 
as Cecil Rhodes say, if, if you have been had the good fortune of being born an Englishman, you have won the lottery of life. Well, they're still like yeah. you know, our, our backwards cousins in the colonies, and uh, they have a section where they talk about the mechanical diggers and the various uh, news and shenanigans they get up to. And uh, so many of their reports, they have like uh, one of mechanical diggers say, well, what had happened was what had happened. You can say what happened. <laughs> what had happened is entirely redundant because what happened is, I mean, that's the thing. They, they, they don't understand past and present and future tense. So that's why what had happened. Give us us free. I can't uh, stand. I can't stand that gangster speak. It's just like awful. Oh God. Uh, uh, the, the patois. No, I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't like it either. I um, I it. I I wonder if there was something similar with the fall of the Roman Empire when they had the various auxiliaries. Well, there was like a there was like a like, bastardized um, like pigeon yeah. pigeon Roman or something like that. Well, I was I was, I was going to say. It, I think they even called it. Uh, actually, no, not pig Latin because that's something else. But that's when you yeah, switch just to like the a, first letter, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, just a uh, you know pig, pigeon Latin. Um, but that said, um, I, I I'm I was quite surprised about this. Uh, uh, a Roman historian told me that even during the height of the Roman Empire, the vehicular language of the classical world was Greek, not not Latin. Um, the higher ups would speak Latin. But everyone would understand how to speak Greeks because um, the Greeks would uh, uh, would teach their kids. Um, the, the Greeks were still the centre of culture and learning, which I find interesting because there was a lot of Romans sent their their kids to um, uh, to to England. Not that it was called England back then to study with the Celts. So, what language were they speaking? That's one of my things about the, the Druids and that. And the accepted thing is that the Druids didn't write anything down. But but how do we know that? Maybe that's just what we're being told. Like maybe there is some sort of ancient grim, uh, Druid grimoire where they did write all their all their secrets down. That's what I, I believe, suspect. You know, I believe a lot of the um, uh, the Druid and uh, English folklore uh, got. Uh, incorporated into the Bible. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a strong believer that in it, that that um, that, that the re the reason we've turned out the way we have is 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 that we that we that we managed to fold fold our our religion into Christianity, and that's why we're so different from like the desert the desert dwellers, aren't we? Yeah, because I mean they they say Judeo Christian, and I think the Stone Toss comic uh, perfectly encapsulate Judeo Christian. Um, we're we're not anything like them, and it is reflected in our religion and our culture, which are uh, all of that is descendants from from race. Well, it, it's even that even that phrase in itself. If you look at the etymology of it, it's it's Judeo parasited onto Christianity, which is exactly what it is, isn't it? Have you seen the the Stone Toss comic with that? I haven't seen that one. No, I've seen, I, I, I like Stone Toss, but I haven't seen that one. It's two panels, and the first panel is is a guy with a hammer uh, hammering a spike into Jesus's uh, wrist, and then on the other hand, it's like um, it's uh, you know the guy on the cross. And with, with druids, druids was around, and then the Christians came in. But dru something like as 
powerful as druidism it's not just going to disappear is it i mean it's going to carry on underground isn't it it's going to winston churchill was a druid and that disgusts me because i like druids and i just it makes me shudder to think he was a druid yeah that bloke gardner you spoke about i believe he was a druid as well i don't think he ever came out as one but i suspect is he, he the is Gardner is gardner the uh the oh what's it called the new forest coven is he yeah, the witchcraft guy. Yeah, he yeah. consulted with um, uh, the 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 great beast, didn't he? Um, Crowley. Crowley, yeah. He, Crowley wrote a lot of the rituals for the original Wicker. Yeah. Yeah. Which they which they don't like to talk about, but yeah, that's interesting stuff. I'm well, they, well, they in... don't they don't actually know what the original rituals were, do they? Because Gardner fucked it all up, didn't he? Uh, I, I think he sort of. I hate to say it, but he did make it up. But but then again, what what is what does making it up mean? Maybe he, he was channeling the ancestors, as, as far as we know. You know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've I haven't looked into the Celts a lot, but I mean, they must have had religious practices akin to sort of like witchcraft type stuff. I would imagine sort of. Oh, Hollywood makes up are all cannibals, stuff. don't they? Yeah. But what interests me is prehistoric witchcraft. I mean, what must have gone on then, way back in the times where there was there was was no probably no kind of like barriers to consciousness between this world and other dimensions. I mean, who knows? Who knows what was going on back then? You got those cave paintings with those sort of mysterious men with like glowing helmets and stuff. And yeah, I love all that. Uh, if I had a time machine, and magic. yeah. I mean, uh, I, I realised this in itself. It, it's it's one thing to like my, my first exposure to classical art probably was um, you know shows on the BBC with that nun uh, just going around and seeing like paintings on the television doesn't well, do don't, justice. Don't you count Tony Hart then? Oh yeah, I like Tony Hart. <laughs> I, I, I loved Heartbeat. That was great. It was really nice seeing like. Especially like really talented. Um, uh, I mean, could you, uh, could you imagine sitting a kid down today and getting them to watch Heartbeat? They'd be going doing their nut. What's this? He's boring. Yeah, it's oh god, it's a different era, different very much. But the the point is, seeing like paintings up close, like actual proper paintings. I went to the um, last time I was in Oxford. I went to the Ashmolean with Brutus. And I just said, look, there's an amateur demo, and um, he wasn't too interested in it. Uh, he he, he realised it was good, but he was, he was looking at some of the other stuff. And I had a good long look at that painting because I hadn't seen it before. And uh, No, I had, but I just never noticed the details in it before. It was oh, neck and, neck and croaks in, Hobbit. Is he the one you yeah. were saying about you wanted to get him on the show? Oh, uh, no, it's my other mate. He's, oh, okay. he's a mate of both uh, neck and croak and myself. The one I shall refer to as N. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. As Neck and Croak's here in the thing, I just want to say a brief a tangent. This is nothing to do with political science. Um, coal, coal scuttles, coal hods, they are really inexpensive. I've seen them on Amazon for about £13, so I, I, I got myself a bucket. Um, so... Um, <laughs> There, there, there was there was like somebody I said, oh, could you like uh, weld a new patch onto this bucket? And he says, oh, I'm not sure. It's really it's really um, it's really thin steel. It's going to probably melt. I'll have to use a TIG welder. Um, 
I'm cold, so I needed a bucket, so I bought myself a bucket. So if you're listening, mate, don't worry yourself about it. Just chuck it in the bin. I've got myself a new bucket. <laughs> so back to political science. So where? So where were you? So so we've done um, to Francis Drake. Is, is is there anything in between there and modern day that you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about paintings. Zero Zero is talking about cave paintings. They're the original magic. Well, I say they're the original magic. They're the original magic that we can see because there's recording of it. Um, those paintings were like to visualize a successful hunt. And we know they're successful because uh, they did paintings and they carried on. And uh, otherwise, they would have just been ruins. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but the point being is, is painting is a form of magic. Aphex Twin um, mentions this with music. He says, what he does is magic. He can reach out to people that he'll never see and never otherwise meet. But because he's made a piece of music that is evocative, he can cause an emotional response in somebody. That is a form of magic. So yeah, I've said my piece. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I wanted to go on the chat and talk about power tools. <laughs> oh, but you're so subversive. I, I really do think that you are one of the... Uh... <laughs> what are the tribe? <laughs> you you seen you seen what my nose is like? <laughs> oh, distant thoughts says you guys should look into Mark Devlin's work on the music industry. That I was the name Mark I was Devlin. trying to think of earlier. I was going to mention I was, I was going to mention it, but I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, he lives in he lives in Bicester, and uh, he used to be on Fox FM. So I, I used to I used to listen to him and. Uh, Problem is, he, he likes his woke hip hop, and I just I can't listen to any of that ooga booga jungle drumming anymore. I can't, I can't stand. Oh, it. I was listening to, um, I was listening to. Do you, any of you guys listen to the higher side chats? Ah, Greg THC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, latest, latest ones about pedo. Would I, I had to listen to that? That was that was really interesting. I, I used to listen to Freeman show, and uh, higher side chats got mentioned on that and Red Ice Radio, but. I stopped listening to Freeman because I just got annoyed with his boomer hippie takes. And Red Ice, with Red Ice Radio, I think ever since Lana got onto it, I I just something about it I just disliked. I I wish them all the best because their show's really good, and Henrik is an absolute quality guy. But um, um, just I I can't I can't get into it. Don't you find it weird how so many conspiracy theorists have gone into politics now? Like, I um, like, they, they see where the money's going. Yeah, it's, I mean that's that must be it because like that's what Jones he's done. He he's done a full turn into like he's, he's like almost a regular political show now, isn't he? Just just saying slightly different things, isn't he? I mean, to be fair, he always um, from 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 day one he was saying that he only talks about stuff where he's got the documents for, and he's ruffled his papers to say here's the documents. Yeah. And he occasionally he, would, he wouldn't sort of talk about things he's seen, but you know can't be verified. Like the really weird experiments they were doing, trying to find like um, the perfect flicker rate for televisions to cause hypnosis in trance-like states. So you know about like how televisions put people into alpha brainwaves, which is like even uh, it's like when you're in deep sleep, you're in alpha brainwave state. 
very sort of low function. So was thing. so was the CRT um, not that not that effective then? That's why the CRT had to go. Well, I, I think the reason no, because you can still make CRTs and LCDs flicker in certain patterns. Otherwise, it wouldn't be useful as to. And in fact, if anything, you could say a CRT is superior because of its um, color um, rendition is is superb and the contrast is is great. I really like CRTs. It's just bulky as all hell. Yeah. Um, I did see this technology. I think Toshiba were going to work on like. Because the why the the why do you make a, a CRT display? The deeper it has to be. So the idea was you have a lot of these like ten centimeter square displays, and yeah. you make a matrix of them. But they could never get the bezels uh, small enough. And I think that was around about the same time LCDs. They kind of perfected the technology and got it really good. Um, but have you seen these modern televisions? Like if you go to a Curry's or some other electronic store. And they got all these tellies on display showing all these um, demo reels. You know the ones I'm on about? They'll, they'll show like really bright nature scenes with parrots and a drop of water landing yeah. on the leaf. And things yeah, I like know that. what you mean. And they'll, they'll advertise like, oh, this television's got 120 hertz um, uh, and it upscales things. So it's got like a computer and it interpolates the scene. So if you're watching something that's like 24 or 30 frames a second, it will use the computer to put in more animation so it's smoother than real life. It's very, very hypnotic. Um, my mum's got a telly like that, which does the interpolation. And I must admit, when I watch it, I get mesmerised by the thing. It's just like, oh, that looks really good. Even they, watching they, adverts is good. They do stuff like... <clears throat> oh, They do stuff like that in porn films, apparently, where they, they intercut blank white screens every every so often and that's supposed to like stimulate slash hypnotize people like in american porn especially like blank white screens like like um subliminals they just flash them up you know just, well, just, um, just sort of porn porn dro has driven most of our like televisual technology hasn't it uh the dvd was about to die wasn't it until, until the porn industry picked it up Oh, I, I yeah. Said people something. realized that you could pause it and, and get better images than you could with a VHS. <laughs> Close uh, up. I, 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 would, I would be surprised if HD was the same sort of thing that people got it to watch better porn. Yeah, yeah I John, mean, that's what Jones was on about. He says, Look, I haven't got documents for this, but I know what I've seen. I've been into the University of, of Austin, Texas, where they got these monkeys. And they just hook them up to all these television displays and they observe what the effects of televisions are on these monkeys and turn them into drawling retards and other words. Uh, oh, here's the thing about pornography, which I find really uh, insidious about it, apart from the fact that it's like um, it's just bad for your soul in general. So have you ever watched a porn before? Not me. I, I think I think everybody <laughs> has. A bit. I don't think you I'll, need to ask that I'll, question. <laughs> I'll, 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 take, I'll take one for the team and say I've watched a porn. And there's a thing I've noticed in it where um, they, they, like in any other story, you've got your beginning and middle and an end and there's a climax. And then just before the climax, they'll do like a close-up of the bloke's face, so he's gurning, or do a close-up of, of his willy, so you see his willy. And I think what that does there is... If you were doing like a normal sex, you'd be looking at your woman, you'd be feeling her, and you'd be closing your eyes and enjoying the feelings. And you wouldn't be thinking about a bloke gurning his face or looking at his willy. 
and I think this probably has put a lot of gay imagery into otherwise heterosexual minds and has probably made people gay. Yeah, it's done, deli it's done deliberately. Celtic Rebel spoke about that. Yeah, it's done deliberately. So, like, it's timed exactly as, speaking theoretically, like the male masturbating to a porn, just as he's about to come, like the viewer's about to come, they cut to the male face, like in ecstasy, gurning, as if to sort of subliminally implant an association between orgasm and male sexuality, basically to turn people gay. You know. I mean, I remember the first times I, I watched um, um, uh, when I was 14, and I was in Germany at the time, and they just got hardcore pornography on the televisions. And then it sort of struck me years later when apparently um, Israel was invading uh, uh, Lebanon or Palestine, they took over the television station and they were just putting hardcore pornography yeah. on it all the time, which made the people less likely to fight and rebel. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So hardcore pornography is there on German, on German television all this time. They did it in the Soviet Union as well in the 80s. And my friend went over there in the 80s and he said that, you know, like sort of normal news agent or normal news agent type shops, there was like hardcore pornography on sale, like really hardcore stuff, like in the Soviet Union in, in the 80s. So the same sort of thing was going on there, I think, yeah. Well, the thing which which strikes me is, I mean, the, 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 with, the, with the porn on television, it's even worse because, like, at least with the news agents, it's an active thing. You actually have to go out and procure it, and you get dirty looks from the news agents, like, and oh yeah, can I can I have uh, jizz coated tits, volume twelve, please? This <laughs> is like oh, you disgusting perv. But if it's on the telly, it's just like, oh here we go, it's a bunch of men gurning whilst um, they're ostensibly uh, rogering a woman, and um, yeah, and you're watching it. So speaking of political sorcery there was a whole thing going on with porn in the uk and in america as well where you know that phenomenon of finding pornography mags in sort of like abandoned places or like disused quarries well, we, stuff, we, used yeah. to, we used to find them in uh, in alleyways well apparently that was that was an actual uh what do they call an actual operation done by this pie you know pie the pilot the yeah the pedo groups that they were actually leaving it there deliberately to sort of get young boys into that it. explains yeah. so fucking much, really. Because why would you, if you've gone to all this effort of incurring these uh, gentlemen's mags, go to that's what I said, yeah, and shove them into a bush? Why well, would you well, leave we used, them? In we bushes? used to find them; they'd be ripped up and scattered down the alley. Is is where we used to find them. But why would you? Why would you leave your cherished porn collection in sort of like abandoned places where the slugs are going to eat them? You know. Yeah. You, Surely you'd stash them, wouldn't you, in your bedroom or something, under your pillow or something. Or at the very a least, you burn them or something. But it's a great channel. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was weird that they used to rip them up as well. Are you aware of that phenomenon, the ripped up porn mug? So all the pages would be ripped up and scattered down this down, down an alleyway where in, in my local area. I want to say I was unfortunate and I was never near one of the pie catchment areas. I never discovered any uh, grumble mags ripped up or not. But Nicola says in the chat, that explains why we found these on playgrounds and stuff. Yeah. Also, I would say like more in like abandoned sort of places, these outskirt places, because yeah, obviously... Why did, if why did they never follow it up then? <laughs> well, they like... did. No, they, no, they did. 
Because if you're leaving porn in, say, a disused railway tunnel, but young boys are going to find it. And so, like, if you're a pedo, if you suddenly sort of appear at this place, the the, the young boys are already programmed to like hey. to be interested in sex, aren't they? So you, you like those tits? I've got a video with them on. You could come to my place and watch it. <laughs> trying, to, yeah. trying to come back and see my porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new twist on you want to come back and see my puppies, isn't it? In the West Country, oh, there, there was, in the West Country, there, there were actual cases of perverts leaving packets of cigarettes with a couple of cigarettes in and an, a piece of paper and one of those little sort of bingo pens in the actual cigarette packet. And they'd write questions on it, like say, oh, do you boys come here a lot? Like, do you wank here sometimes? And you know, That's people were using it to contact it. people, yeah. There's a guy called Weapon Collector on YouTube. He's done a whole video on it. Yeah, he used to find these cigarette packets with, like, a couple of fags in it, you know, to attract the young lads. And with one of these little bingo pens and these these, these creepy, like, note notes in the, in the packets, you know, like, asking for their phone numbers and stuff. Yeah, fucking crazy. Weird. Yeah. Especially back then, if it was quite a while ago, because it would be their house phone number, wouldn't it? This was like the early 80s, yeah. Yeah, so early it'd be 80s. like the house phone number. That's just so wild, yeah. isn't it? That was a whole operation, wasn't it? The Pie. They were they were an organised group, like, definitely, yeah. Well, Harriet Harman. They, what, what did Harriet Harman do for him? Was she she some sort of legal for him, wasn't it? Paralegal or that something? Was, that was before she was an MP, wasn't it? She yeah. was in that commission for liber, libertarian things, whatever it was, wasn't it? Uh, libertarianism. Yeah. The great yeah. evil. She, the great evil of our times. Them. I, I, I um, when I found out libertarianism was basically like, I want to grow my marijuana plants and have my uh, porn stash and do, do things to kids. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. So it's basically drug dealers and child sex things. So I, I, what, what can I do? Which, which is what, what political movement can I be in now? And it's like, okay, uh, there's this um thing on Telegram called British Groupers Chat because. There's a turning point. As I found out, Turning Point Greg's is not the original thing. There's a Turning Point UK, and unlike Turning Point Greg's, they're not funny. So the idea of this chat is just like go to various places where they're doing these public talks and just go up and ask them embarrassing questions. Oh, are we going to start? Are our boys going to start doing it then, are they? Well, that was the thing, you see, because I, I was in this chat and I could tell immediately they were having the various shills ring and there was an argument. So I just sort of innocently asked, I said, because they were saying about how evil fascism and totalitarianism is, and I said, um, what's wrong with fascism? And the answer was, everything. Uh, you, you just want to kill everyone. I was like, no, I don't. I, I just want to know what's bad about fascism. And they couldn't actually tell me a single thing. They were just like, oh, book burnings and uh, the shower. And, uh, yeah, do you know what like, books they were burning? The, the manuals on how to, how to fucking turn kids boy kids into girl kids that's what they were burning those fucking manuals yeah. weren't they well i mean there was it wasn't it wasn't even like turning like boys into girls it's a case of like you can god i, I really regret seeing it the the horrible gory photos showing like you can graft a piece of skin on here and now girls can pretend they're men and you can put an axe wound in there and pretend that you're a girl now and it's just like no, and and then forty five percent of these trainees commit suicide afterwards because 
the they're eventually able to realise they're living a lie and um, hey, do, do you think trans do you think trans surgery is some sort of ritual then? Um zero. Well it's the it's I, the andro it's the alchemical androgyne, isn't it? The, yeah, and it's uh, and it takes you back to Baphomet as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Baphomet's a trony. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the like um Oh, it's difficult to explain, but yeah, the that's one of the alchemical goals to create the androgyne, the sort of the first being before Adam and Eve were created, kind of thing. Apparently, they the believe that the Amiga. yeah, before Adam and Eve was created, they think that we were all like a, a male and female together, and we could self-generate babies and crazy shit. Yeah, well, maybe it's true. I don't know. But... <laughs> Because all this pedo stuff was going on in the occult scene in the eighties, they were infiltrating. They infiltrated the occult scene. I mean, I remember, I remember the Satanic Panic scene. stories. I mean, do you, do you think there are there's because it used to get you used to just get hand waved away, didn't it? So do you, do you believe there was something to it? Or well, at, at the time in the early eighties, there was this. There was it was all to do with occult fanzines. You know, pre-internet, we all used to communicate with fanzines and. All of a sudden, this really odd, creepy fanzine appeared called Ganymede, which is like based on the Greek myth of, of uh, pederasty, basically. And this Ganymede magazine was run by someone called Jacob Rabinitz. Jacob Rabinitz. And, uh, yeah, they were infiltrating the occult scene, trying to sort of... Because when I was into it, I found it all exciting. But it was only later when I realised it was just an excuse for degeneracy, really. You know, like... You've got to explore all your sort of furthest desires and all that. And it was just it was just a cover for degeneracy and paedophilia, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, oh, I don't even want to get into that. I mean, other people have done to death Anton LaVey and Satanism and all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, from my understanding, it seemed to be that... Uh, do I want to trivialise what, what, what his name Alistair Crowley did? Because I, I could be really flippant and just sort of sum up, the, like, but actually, no, I'll, I'll leave that to other people. It, I, I, it I, hate to, me. I hate to say it, but he was certainly pro-paedophilia, Alistair Crowley, and uh, I'll stand by that because we've seen the proof. Oh, of it, you know. yeah, I mean, I mean, without a doubt, I'm just sort of wondering, like, um, was he a pedo first and put all this magic in as an afterthought, or was it that he saw that, you know, abusing children was a means to an end? Yeah, well, it's, it's like an excuse, isn't it? You know, it's just like because the the ancients used children as seers, didn't they, to see into the other realms? So I, I think it was something to do with that sort of. I I think yeah. it's it's been sort of understood for like since uh, time immemorial that uh, children's energy, is, uh, especially before puberty, is is quite um, important, sacred, and potent. So that's why you've got all these evil people which harvest their blood and mm. abuse them and do all these other um, demonic things to them to um, to gain their power. Children um, have children have a direct line clairvoyantly into these other realms, and they're used they're used as like intermediaries between the magician and the these other realms, kind of because they're well, too scared is, to do it themselves. Kinda. This is why the the ghost steps. So you did disturb me because when you're talking about ghosts appearing in the corners of the room, the only time I've ever seen any apparition, um, I was about 14 years old, and I think that actually that age uh, is quite significant. I'll explain a bit later. And 
it was just this thing in the corner of the room and it was utterly utterly evil it was just this black indistinct presence and even when i had all the lights on it was still there i could just i was i knew it was there and um i basically had to start crying and screaming so my parents would come in open the door and uh, dispelled it was it like and a it, formless shape like an yeah, indistinct yeah i've met yeah, things like that yeah it was like a black mist in the corner and the thing is i was talking to my dad uh see he's, he's he brought it up like a few years afterwards uh, well many years afterwards and said because he had um uh sleep paralysis and he said that he had like the, this horrible goblin creature sitting on his chest and he remembers one day he was sitting in the corner but it's not really a corner it was kind of in the middle because he had this wardrobe built and it was built either side of the sink in his room which was in the middle and he said he, the goblin was sat there and then one day he just looked at me and he says like i know what you are no go away and he, he, he managed to say that and it did um but i didn't have any any sort of i mean for a start i didn't know what it was i was comprehend that was the thing it was incomprehensible all i could understand it was just it was it was evil there was yeah no doubt in my mind that it was and I think the crying as well, so I just sort of felt that being in its presence was infecting me and making me worse because I was a lot unhappier after that time. And I think this is something that's not really understood, but when children go through puberty, there is a big change in their energy. And when they're adults, they don't have the same energy and youthful exuberance that they once did. And um, I uh I, I i this this sort of suspicion of mine was confirmed later when it seems that poltergeist activity happens especially around uh, pubescent girls yeah they have um untapped uncontrolled psychic sorry uncontrolled telekinetic energy and because they're going through these changes where they can be upset and very emotional things will go flying around the room quite violently and it's very scary and it's just it seems to go away with when they grow up and um when they calm down and reach that reach that maturity it's well, like there's, the creepy there's, past, quite a few, there's quite a few things that center around that you got the enfield haunting you got borley rectory and you've also got um uh a uh, one we're going to do an episode on jeff the talking mongoose that centers around a girl as well doesn't it hmm it's all, it's all connected with sleepover parties, isn't it? And doing Ouija boards and, and Black Mary and things like that. When adolescent girls get together for a sleepover party and they start doing like serious magical rituals, basically. And, and all sorts of weird stuff happens because the energy's there to back it up and to give it form. And Yeah, it's dangerous stuff. They don't know what they're dealing with. You know? Do you, yeah, do you, do you agree... think they're actually in charge of it? Or do you think like they get a, they get a, like a psychic nudge? towards having a go having a dabble with it let's just be I mean, intense there is it I, I just i just wonder whether it was their idea or whether it's not their idea and they, and they get kind of like psychically nudged by by an evil force into doing it oh do you, do very very possibly very possibly yeah because they they have the intent the intent is there to do some creepy ritual but they've got all this untapped energy like which will give this intent form you know in this world and yeah it's, it's dangerous I mean, stuff. I agree with you, Zero. I, I would never participate in the Ouija board, although I have done a few tarot readings before. 
but um, I, I've done them with myself and I've only ever done them with people I'm closely associated with because I wouldn't do it on, on a stranger. Um, my dad was um, invited to a place once and they had a Ouija board out and he was very sceptical about it, but he just, just he, he said he'd join in with them and nothing was happening. So he, he said, oh, I thought just to, as a bit of fun, I get the Ouija board going. So I started pushing in various directions and then they were spelling out various things. He even told me what they were spelling out and said people getting freaked out. I said, but well, don't you realise that even though you're being sceptical, you're the one that instigated it, and so you're being used as a tourist. Oh, no, I was in complete control of it all the time. I said, yeah, but were you? And so this is the thing. I, I think uh, a Ouija board is a prop where it can be used like um, auto-writing. Auto Have you heard about yeah. auto-writing? Yeah. And um, it, it just, you get unusual things happen. Um, they're a very, they're a very special thing, Ouija boards. They're, they're a very, very special case on their own. I think, like, there's just something about them, isn't there? It's just like very it's dark. A tool, it's a tool for divination, and this is one of the things I, I always um, was steered clear of divination tools um, because it's sorcery. But then someone explained to me with Taron and said, "No, what it is is, is it's, um, it's a psychological tool." where all you're doing is you put cards into a certain configuration, you read the various meanings, and because there's there's numerous, like, multiple reasonings with them, it's vague enough that you can concoct your own story, and the story you concoct is based entirely on memories which it conjures up at the time. So it's a useful psychological tool for building up a narrative, and I liked that because I thought, okay, that makes a lot of sense, but... Having done terror a few times now, I can say it's um, it's something I, I would recommend uh, to, to anybody to have a go at. Uh, I, I'd say like stories. I'd say all divination is controlled by spirits, like like I Ching and tarot. It's I don't think it is like a, a psychological thing. I think it's actually contacting spirits when you're doing divination. It's, it's those who tell you the the yeah. answers, like you know, with well, I Ching. You know, My question is, in, in that spirit, which spirit is controlling it? Is it external to yourself or is it internal to yourself? Is it like a, an unconscious part of you which um, sometimes yeah. manifests in malevolent that's, ways? That's the tricky thing. Are they intelligent, like independent, sentient entities? Or are they parts of our subconscious, these spirits? It's a, it's a tricky... I think you either tend to fall into one camp or the other, really. Yeah, I'm not sure well, where I stand. But yeah. The problem, I mean, the problem well with this, and I think this is what a lot of people probably don't realise, is uh, it, it's one of those things. It's like with these spirits, is is where do they come from? Well, that's it. Yeah. And like, did, did did God create them? And, but then again, they get to the thing. Well, who created God? That old chestnut, doesn't it? It's, well, it's, it's, it's the same with the Big Bang, isn't it? The the big uh, to me, the Big Bang requires exactly the same amount of faith. That's yeah, mental, isn't it? As God creating the universe, isn't it? Because you, because you, you, please give us this one miracle. Uh, grant us this one miracle, so we can have our our material view of the universe and how it came to be. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think the Big Bang's a load of bollocks. But I I mean, my my. My take on it is it expands and collapses like a lung, um, but I, 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 well, I, that's that's for another show, really. 
but my point with the spirits is and i'm i'm brought this brings me to mind a new story i've read recently um i wonder these spirits which people have if they are generated within themselves and go bad or if they are entities which were not part of them which become attached to them and then take them over which i think we can certainly see in the cases of people like miley cyrus where you can tell she clearly was abused well don't, don't they um, say miley cyrus was uh, was killed wasn't she that's that's not the same miley cyrus is it she was sacrificed or if that the the spirit that was Miley Cyrus was uh, taken out of a body and some demon put in place, I could not believe that. Yeah, you know, it's just like the the body of Miley Cyrus exists, but a spirit is long gone. Um, but this is the thing. There was a story. Uh, do you remember the story of the girl who was raped in Cyprus by nineteen men? The, yeah, by recently, the four B twos. That one. Yeah, and, and then they, they managed to turn it around and say, no, you you raped all 19 of us, and how dare you accuse us of rape. Yeah. And so she had to apologise to them, and she's been traumatised since then because they're going to take her to court, uh, civil court, where they're going to sue her for saying mean things. And they're saying that uh, she's, um, uh, she's now hearing voices. And I could well suspect that while she was being raped, that... Uh, demons which were attached to these 19 men have probably now sort of transferred and glommed onto her because they're feeding on their suffering. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, it's the lineage, isn't it? A lot of satanic groups use that, where you have the new initiate has sex with the high priestess and a demon is passed on to them, yeah. That's, that's a definite thing, that is, yeah. Grief yeah, just weird, weird stuff. He was walking down the high street today at 8 p.m., spot a new gym, look in the window, three poles, 15, 8, 30-year-olds, learning to be a whore, posters in window, empowering fitness with Michelle. Um, he says, not 8, sorry, earlier, maybe I should film through the window. Don't want to get caught a nonce, though. But, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's these days we've got child drag queens and um, other... Like public, well, you got you got the trannies reading to kids dressed as li literal demons, aren't they? Where they're having the children crawling over them and uh, doing sexually suggestive things in front of them, while the parents it's... look on and smile. Yeah, or worse, they encourage them, and they've got mothers saying, "Yeah, go up and sit on her lap on on the drag queen's lap. Sit on her lap." Yeah, pr prostitution has long been linked with like demonology. Yeah, definitely. Malachi Martin talks about that in his um, what book is it? Oh, Hostage to the De Hostage to the Devil. He talks about that. Yeah. Well, I can imagine one imagine whores getting um, like various spirits glommed onto them because you know all the, all the men they've been with, and those those Johns have got various uh, sort of bad things on them. So I guess China just gets tacked on with them, even if yeah. they're there's no psychic condom. Carl, so, Carl, Jung, Carl Jung wrote an interesting book about all this called um, the, the Psychology of the Transference, yeah, when he talks about how, like, psychologists, if they're not careful, they'll, they'll absorb into themselves their patients' obsessions and that. You know, that'll transfer to them, yeah. You wrote yeah. a whole book on it, yeah. I mean, um, uh, Neck and Croak, he's, he's given me, I, I still haven't read it, but it's a book called Young and the Tarot. And I saw it when I was um, in his bog. And I was just like, oh, that's interesting reading. Neck and Croak, can I have this book? 
Yes, you may have this book. Thanks, mate. You are most welcome. He t- he talks like Emperor Palpatine in real life. <laughs> Carl Jung had all sorts of weird paranormal stuff happening to him, didn't he? He had like poltergeist stuff happening to him and his family. Yeah, it's a crazy Did stuff. Did Sigmund Freud ever try and do black magic on him? I wouldn't be surprised because I wouldn't trust Sigmund Freud to chop wood out the back. You know, I mean, he's uh-huh. like completely fucking evil as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Well, you know, chopping wood, chopping force. Well, they reckon it's, <laughs> yeah. is, it, is it his great great nephew was involved in the money become, don't they? Oh, what? God. Allegedly. Oh. Allegedly involved. Grief says if he hasn't found a bird by 35, he's going to have to bag a single mum. I'm just <laughs> like. You. you Grief, hold out. It's amazing the amount of work they've done on sex robots. I mean, you'll literally have a Cherry 2000 by the time you're, you're 30, 35. And we you know we can cancel women at that point. Have you seen Cherry 2000? Nah. Hemi, have you seen Cherry 2000? No, I do think we need to start winding this stream up, though, because we've gone way, way off of what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I, just, I need to. Is it, I think it's literally all the pent up questions from from when you've been listening to the back catalog. Is it? Is that what it is? Pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm hardly enjoying all this. No, it's great. Pretty much. I've I've had to bottle it up for too long, and uh, I needed to come on and just um, shoot the shit with. Uh, are you, are you back? Are you back regular now, then, Hobbit? Or? Probably not, but um, you know, if it's fourteen times, I can get on it without being too political. Yeah, I've only had uh, I've only had one drink today, so I'm all right. Right then. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. getting towards that ratio. As the longer the stream proceeds, the more pissed I get. So it's getting a bit. But we still haven't got to the best bit, like the magical war against Margaret Thatcher. But we'll, we'll do oh, it next. Tell me. So, oh God, I, I'm gonna have to. Are we gonna, are we gonna, are we gonna put a pin in pin it there and then do a part three? I'm happy to carry on, but if you want to leave it to next week, that's fine. Uh, Hobby, I'll, let, I'll no. let you have the deciding vote. Yeah, no, he's right. It's nine o'clock. Let's wrap it up and and do other things. Um, yeah, I, there, there's I think, uh, yeah, there's a stream I really want to watch, but I I don't think I'm going to recommend it to you guys because. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's one of those things I enjoy, and um, yeah. So, so do you oh. think do you think we should do uh, part three? Turn it in like a wrap up into the eighties, and we'll talk about Diana, yeah, 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 Diana and um, Jill Dando because you want to talk about yeah. Jill Dando as well, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's a crazy one. That one, yeah. So we can we can we can wrap all that. We'll we'll do it. We'll do a politic political political hits the eighties next week then. Yeah, sounds good, yeah. Okay, right then. So, uh, Zero, have you got your channel? Are you? Have you done anything yet? Things will be up this weekend, hopefully. I've got some audio tapes I need to put onto digital and upload, yeah. There's stuff in the works, yeah. Oh, I've got a, um, I've got a, a channel. It's called Hobbit Speaks, and I've done a video called 42 Minutes of Ford Escort ASMR. <laughs> so, um, it's it's actually pretty good because it was uh, I I've, uh, as if you guys are on the in the Telegram chat, you know, occasionally I do travelogues as, as they've been called, where I'll just voice my thoughts whilst I'm driving, and I, I did one of those using the microphone I'm speaking into now because <laughs> it's a field mic, and I just thought, okay, I've got this audio, I need to like 
uh, interspersed some more um, footage with it. Originally, I wanted to put some rally driving stuff with it, but um, if you use other people's footage, YouTube gets like they're really hot shit on like copyright striking content. So I made my own footage from a game called Project Cars. Before I wrap up, did you realise we this is episode thirteen? Ooh, lucky for some. Yeah. Not for me though. Not today. <laughs> Actually, Friday the thirteenth is lucky for me because I passed my driving test on a Friday thirteenth. <laughs> I think I passed my my test on the thirteenth as well. <laughs> no, it was in two. It was in two thousand thirteen. Hang on. No, I don't. Yeah, no, it was because five days five days afterwards, I was driving to my my next job, and I was just like, "Oh, it's a good thing I passed my test." God, driving seems magical to me because I can't drive, but <laughs> I can't understand how you do it. I mean, bloody hell! I was like, it, it's it's like no. operating an organ, except you got a twisty turny bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then so i now i've now set up a wordpress site so if you want old if you want old episodes of uh podcasts i do go to uh hemifergray.home.blog um i'll have to carry on bullying capstan because he's going to redo his redo his good, ep- good episode but longer with better with better um better sources uh, oh god can i be on there can i be one but what about this gun though <laughs> no he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna print he's gonna pre-record it and we're gonna put it up on my channel oh yeah that's it because he's gonna talk more about the legality of it i'm more interested in the mechanisms and how they work and also i've been in talks with capstan and he's and he's agreed to come on here and we're gonna do a dumb blaine episode mm. oh yeah he'll be good for that yeah, yeah, because you, you've got some Dunblane stuff to do, haven't you, Zero? i got a bit on that, yeah. Dubious shit, yeah. Fucking yeah. hell. Uh, but even Capstan, our, red, our resident sceptic, doesn't like the smell of Dunblane, yeah. so it must be bad. <laughs> and that other guy. Fish. Who's that other yeah. guy? The first one. Oh, what's his name there? Oh, Michael, uh, Michael Ryan. Yeah, I've got some stuff on him. Yeah, that's oh, interesting. Yeah, goes into ley lines and sites of power and that. Yeah, is that is that a full episode for Hungerford? Is it, or are we just going to stick it in uh, with Dunblane? Yeah, we could could merge them. Yeah, because there's some interesting stuff with that that guy. Yeah, Michael, what's his name? Yeah. Right. So that's us done. Uh, good night, all. Bye. <laughs>